0: Everybody, welcome to Stuff Said, a show where I, Greg Shiegel, a working cartoonist, talk to other people in the worlds of comics, cartooning, and beyond. Today, I'm talking to an icon of comics and cartooning, Eric Larson. Uh, where do I start? I guess I wanna—I feel like I should say this out of the gate. When I was when I was growing up, when I was reading comics, I wasn't necessarily an Eric Larson guy. I wasn't reading Spider-Man at the time. My older brother was. I remember seeing the Todd McFarlane issues, seeing Eric's issues. But I didn't really get the full brunt of Larson. So when Image Comics launched and he was one of the founders of Image, Savage Dragon number one didn't quite grab my attention. So I've never been a Larson guy. But in more recent years, I actually have gotten to meet and gotten to know Eric Larson... And I like Eric Larson. I I think I'm an Eric Larson guy. As the guy, I like the guy, and he's a lot of fun to talk to. He's, I mean, his reputation is a guy who you know, shoots from the hip, tells it like it is, lets his opinions fly. And you know what? That's that's entirely accurate. He is exactly like that. The thing is, I happen to find those opinions and the things he says entertaining. And you will notice—I mean—that is evidenced in this conversation because I am laughing and giggling like an idiot through most of it. Uh, so I apologize in advance if that becomes annoying over the course of the two-hour conversation, two-hour-plus conversation. But I hope—I hope you are as entertained by Eric as I find myself, and—and and I think he's entertained by me. I will say he's—he's he's a good laugh. He's not a hard laugh. But when you get Eric Larson to laugh, there's, su- it's a, good, there's a good feeling there. Because he does. He alternates between sort of a, a grumbly grouse and then a, a laughing fool. Uh, and we get a lot of both of those things. Anyway, it's a really cool conversation. Eric is very cool. Uh, I was, he, was, he was nice enough to, to let me into his home in San Francisco. At one point, you'll hear a siren in the background. All right, this is this is patented Greg uh, explaining audio issues. But, yeah, it's it's a fun conversation. At one point in the conversation, Eric uh, draws. He's like, I got to draw this. That drawing is up on the website, stuffsaidshow.com. So you can see what that was, along with all the other bonus stuff I throw up there month after month, which you may or may not check out. But I encourage you. All right, I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to let uh, the conversation. Yeah, here we go. Me, Eric Larson. Enjoy. Anything you don't want to talk about,
1: it? you can let me know now. Uh, you know. I
0: don't know. Is there anything like you don't? What? want
1: to talk about? What? There's, know? there's no. Okay. What in the world would there be? What's, what secrets do I have? I have no, I have no secrets.
0: Then. then. I will ask every question.
1: Alright, you got a list? We'll be here for an <laughs> And I am what I am, what I
0: am, and I am what I am, and I soul that I am, what I am what I am. And I remember specifically, I stepped on a comic that I had in my apartment. And I slipped on it, the cover ripped like it was the, it was upside down. I didn't do yeah. the cover. And I realized I was done, I'm like, I don't even care what that was. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is over. That's the thing. When, like once you get on the comp list you don't I, I think as a guy going to a store you don't really realize how crappy just the general <laughs> line of comics from any given publisher is and once you're on the actual comp list and you're getting stuff then you just go oh my oh my god yeah. because in, when you're in a store those books that you don't like are invisible to you yes when they're in your house, it's like these are taking up physical space in on, on my in my house. I don't want this taking up this space in my house. And I've still and you f- resent them in <laughs> a way. I've
0: still not how to throw them out.
1: No, no, it's like disposing of radioactive waste. You just have to recycle them. You just yeah. have to. You have to kind of at a certain point, you have to realize that old comics or new comics, I guess, they're like it's like getting newspapers. And you go, okay, what are you going to do with these newspapers? You're done reading them. Well, uh, you don't think, gosh, how am I going to get some money out of these old newspapers? That's a good point. Never. You never consider that. You're not sitting there going, God, I, I know I invested a lot. There's a lot of dimes in these <laughs> newspapers. <laughs> or whatever they're, you know. But you don't you don't sit there. You what, you what you get out of reading a comic book is the same thing that you get when you Go to a movie, you know? I've experienced that movie now, and I don't have eleven dollars in my pocket that I had prior to experiencing that movie. With with comics, it's like I spent the money, I got what I was supposed to get out
0: of it, I've read that comic book. Move on. Now it's now it's worth nothing. It's it's, (laughs) it's what I like about the digital stuff, is it, it really is that Intangible. yeah and like, yeah okay, it's like i'm done it's gone and it's and it's just taking up space on your how much do you think the the fire and losing all your crap helped foment that attitude um
1: i don't really i not really considered that but i know that there, there's forward. always been that yeah. where you we, when you have comics where you're like there are certain comics you go oh this is valuable and this has intrinsic worth you know and i've got some comics like that where i'll mm-hmm. be like you know if if push comes to shove, I can always get rid of that run on Fantastic Four or whatever. It's those comics that have have actual value. And then there's the bulk of it, which is just Stuff you know we what? Buying, yeah. Just get a just get one of those, those those big old wide shovels and just start pitching those into the back of the truck because nobody values them. There'll be people who go, oh, I'll I'll take it off your hands. But even stores, they're like. <laughs> what would we do with with this the tonnage of 90s comics that you have got in your possession? The, the, I don't know that you noticed, but they printed shit tons of that stuff. And people bought it, and then people were like, all right, I'm tired of it. I'm ready to cash out. And it's like, no, you, we've got 100,000 of these yeah. already. Yeah, i got to recycle my comics. Yeah, you do. Because it's boxes, like right yeah. now... Dragon sells nothing, you know, it's essentially nothing. But when it first came out, you know, first issue, 640,000 copies. That's a nice number. It is. Yeah. But if you're, you, until you realize if I'm a guy reading the book now and I go, God, I wonder if I can buy the first issue. And it's like, yeah, there are 100 <laughs> copies to everybody who's re- – everybody who's reading it now could have 100 <laughs> copies, and there would still be enough copies for other people to have the book. <laughs> you know? There's literally that kind of a ratio, 100 to 1. There is, how will that book ever become valuable? It won't. Maybe issue 185 you have, will. Derek, you'll have to die. Well, whatever, maybe, but whatever. Yeah. But if, if, I mean, like if there was a movie tomorrow, yeah. suddenly Savage Dragon, the movie, and you're just like, oh man, so, I got to go get some issues of that. Can I get issue one? Yes. <laughs> yes. There are hundreds and hundreds of issue ones. Great. Can I get issue 178? No, you are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of issue 178, you're yeah. out of luck. That one is not available for purchase because <laughs> everybody who bought that actually wanted that comic and
0: they're treasuring it and they're keeping it forever. You mentioned before we started recording that yeah. of the Image founders, you know, a majority of them had big number one issues before Image started, you know. There was X-Force yes. number 1, X-Men number 1, Spider-Man number 1, yes, etc. and you did not. Uh, no, I didn't. But you had the big Launch of Savage Dragon six hundred image plus thousand. yeah whatever, and now, you mentioned that the people reading Dragon now are people that want that book, cherish that book. Is there, is there a satisfaction in that, however small? <laughs> <laughs> that that the fans you have are the fans. Oh yeah, no, I mean you people? like
1: that. That that the people who are reading it are like, oh man, this is the book. You know, yeah. they, they really legitimately are like. I'm enjoying the hell out of this comic. Yeah, but yeah. There's there's a certain there's a certain. But you path. want
0: more people to feel Yeah, I way. mean, I, I, I don't
1: think you? I don't think there's anybody <laughs> producing comics today who's like who's sitting there going, you know what? This is enough readers. I don't want any more. This isn't like <laughs> teaching school, you know, where there gets to be too many kids in the class, <laughs> and you're like, I, they're not even paying attention. They're running around. When you when it's an audience, you just you just want a bigger audience.
0: Well, there's, there's the notion that people throw out of the, the phrases "the1,000 the true fans," that if you have a thousand true fans, oh. they, they can sustain you. You won't be rich, you won't, but you'll be able to sustain your art. So if you put out a thing for if I
1: don't you, know, I don't know if a thousand's going to do it, but:
0: Well, if you can get a thousand people to spend 30 to 50 dollars on you a year, you're making thirty to fifty thousand dollars a year. Which could be a immediately. If, but... if
1: it if it worked that way, that yes. would be awesome.
0: Yes, if it worked that way. Yeah. But I would just say relative to the notions of wanting a larger audience and wanting.
1: Well, I'm putting my you... feet up. That's fine. I don't care but... who knows it.
0: By all means. I'm,
1: I'm letting the, the <laughs> listening audience know right this minute my feet are up. Your feet are up. Yeah. You are in full repose. Uh, that's true. A
0: man, a man of leisure. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, this is a lot less uh, comfortable than you would think.
0: The feet up? Or just yeah, the feet up. The, the, the whole setup,
1: up. The whole sitting down with my feet up. Is it
0: because the back is too yeah, rigid? You
1: know, it's because the, the, the feet are ending up being kind of too high and the back is kind of too low. This is covering all your questions yeah, yeah, no, we're, vis-a-vis we're talking... putting your feet up. Because I know going... you have a whole list of feet up questions. We're painting
0: that... a picture. All right, here's going to be my first question, my all first right. official question. This is an
1: official question? Yeah. All right, I'm ready for it. it.
0: It's like a, a statement that jumps into a question. Uh,
1: all right.
0: So I remember as a young man, uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a uh, Disney guy, so when I was a younger man.
1: When you are a young man, younger man.
0: When I was really digesting Disney stuff on a, on a larger scale. Uh-huh. So, like so one of the,
1: what you're saying is one of the old men was Eric Larson. One of the old men was Eric Larson. Yeah. So... That was me. So <laughs> Actually, I was... Well, I, I'm I'm kind of you know you've seen that Benjamin Button deal. Yeah, I'm I'm that guy. I'm getting younger.
0: Well, are there are I'm, there people that have asked you if you're that guy? And then the the follow up question, the more realistic question is, yeah, I remember seeing. Would, would you want to be that guy? No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh but, man, because then I could be ancient. <laughs> I actually I think he's dead at this point. Yeah, I, I, could be, all, I, I could be I could be I could be dead if I, think I could Ollie work Johnson it right. Johnson might have been the last guy. Oh man.
0: Of the nine old men.
1: Yeah, I, I lost out on that pool.
0: <laughs> you you had Frank?
1: <laughs> I was I was pulling for Eric,
0: you know? I was like, all right, <laughs> here I go. Now, did you see that name as a kid? Did you ever notice it in the credits? Yeah, I, I would see
1: the name and i go, oh, they spelled it wrong. Look at that. But what the no hell's name? wrong with him?
0: Now, you were drawing as a kid. That's well documented. You, yeah. you were doing dragon comics yeah. when you were 12, 13 yeah. years old. I didn't
1: see it, though. No, I wasn't paying that much attention. So was
0: it always comic spee or did did your brain ever go to comic strips or animation or any of the other no, things we all No, it was, it was think always about? just comic books. Always.
1: Yeah. I had from, nothing from else. I had nothing else going on ever. There was never a point. I remember thinking as a small child going, "God, I hope when I grow up that I like comic books as much as I do now." <laughs> I just hope. <laughs> Somehow or other. But, the, I, what, but Life would be so terrible if I didn't like them as so much as I do have now. That kind
0: of devotion to cotton candy. I, you see now. Oh,
1: man, I would be huge. <laughs> I would look like an actual wad of cotton candy. <laughs> I would just be giant and pink and just kind of formless.
0: Or chewing gum or any other thing, yeah, a yeah, kid, just anything. <laughs> on. Yeah, anything. So the other thing is a kid, and this has been tread on a bit, and yeah. the way you hold a pen or a pencil. Yeah. People talk about it all the time. Uh-huh. It's so weird. He holds that pen. Is that how you write as well? Yes. Okay. I also
1: hold a fork like that. I
0: I've, I've seen that. I've seen yes. It. We we could talk yeah. about eating later. Yeah.
1: Well, I <laughs> uh, I've been known to eat food. That's what sustains me. Actually, <laughs> I don't know about the rest of you.
0: How discouraged were you as a young man holding a pen? That like were people trying to correct you, or did they say, "Well, he's drawing. He's writing. He's doing stuff. Let's let him be." I
1: I don't remember at any point anybody saying to me what the hell's wrong with you? You know, I don't, I don't, maybe they did. Maybe they did. And I'm just blocked that, you know, mentally. There's a lot of things that I've blocked. I think.
0: Do you remember but the first I, time it came I don't up remem- the thing?
1: No, I don't remember ever being like, this is an issue. Who was just, I picked up a pencil. I started writing. I was like, right, he's making marks in a piece of paper. That's good.
0: But somebody must have come at a convention. I would the first think, convention where start I would think, tweaking, and you know what, what's,
1: what's actually has happened recently is that I've taught myself to hold it properly just so that I, when I am in a grocery store buying something <laughs> that I don't have to have that conversation, you know? Where it's like, Whoa, you held your pen. Shut the fuck up. Just shut up. I'm just gonna beat the living <laughs> shit out of you right here and now. Does just it, does it just, just there's a shovel over there. I'm just gonna hit you with
0: it. What? Holding holding a pen, quote unquote, properly, does it affect your handwriting or is it the same? It's
1: it's I, I don't have the kind of control holding it properly, as I do when I'm when I'm holding it like an idiot. But recently, I, there was some morning TV show thing that I was on, where they were like, "Hey, you should do a cartoon of the host. Why don't you get up here and draw a cartoon of the host?" And it was and it was it was pretty easy as it turned out because the host was Peter Parker and I knew how to draw him. <laughs> I mean, it's like he he looked I'm looking at him and going. It's Peter Parker. I just have to draw Peter Parker. I don't even have to do a caricature of this guy. I already know how to draw him. He's Peter Parker. Done. But it was it was just straight up and down, like in like an easel, yeah. like it's it's flat, like I'm drawing on a wall. That's and I realized with the way I hold a pencil, it's it can't work. It's just physically impossible <laughs> for me to hold it properly. The whole the way yeah. I hold it. So I was like, I guess live TV. I'm going to learn how to draw up holding it like this. And I was figuring they're they're using the camera. They're farther away. They're not really focused on, you know, how accurate this thing is. So it's just like, all right, whatever, go for it. Yeah. And and I drew this dude, you know, dressed as, as a superhero guy. And I held it properly and was like, all right, well, it's, it's all right. I mean, find it
0: challenging to draw on an easel to begin with. It's, yeah. It's awkward. It is. Yeah.
1: And and if you hold your pencil in an, in like an unorthodox a, fashion. Unorthodox. That's
0: a good phrase for uh, unorthodox. unorthodox. Yes. Yeah.
1: I'm going go with that. It's kind of highbrow. But uh, it bringing high- it back.
0: If, if, if anybody's highbrow. Yeah. So,
1: like, right now, it's actually to the point where I'm comfortable holding it properly for, like, short little, just. Little things like when I'm signing a stack of comics, yeah. usually I'll hold it the the proper way, no,
0: traditional way.
1: The traditional As opposed to the unconventional. Yes, in, unconventional. Or unorthodox. way. Unorthodox. Yeah, uses. whatever.
0: So let's talk about your drawing. Uh, must we? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I have a question all right. about it. Okay. So your early, you stuff... know, there was
1: no introduction to any of this at all. Are you gonna put in an yeah, introduction yeah. later. I put that in. It'll be like. Hey, look who I ran into. I was just sitting there walking down the street, and then, boom, this guy showed up. He's eating pie.
0: (laughs) I figure it's got to be Eric Larson. Who else walks around eating
1: pie? I will will have probably introduced this this conversation. Yeah,
0: Yeah, introductions just get in the way. People know who you are. They don't. they're about to learn. Yeah,
1: you're going to learn something here. Pay attention, kids.
0: I've looked at your your old stuff, graphic fantasy, megaton comics. Good Lord. And then I've seen your early mainstream stuff, Doom Patrol, yeah. that kind of thing. Uh-huh. What the hell happened? transition. Yeah. And, and we were talking a bit earlier that you worked on, on AC Comics, Fem Force, those sorts of things, DNA agents, a few issues. DNA agents. DNA agents. DNA. Right. See, the the yeah, yeah, a, a becomes A's. the
1: agents. Yeah.
0: What was – I want to talk about the, the how you found your style.
1: If you I, I I don't know worlds. that I have found it yet. Well, that was good. that's the, the thing, follow-up. That's is the constantly thing. evolving. I, well, I, I look at my own stuff. I don't know if you're the same way, but I look at my own stuff and I go, oh, I know where every piece of that came from. Sure. You know? And I can point <laughs> at it and go, see that mouth there? I took that from – and I don't – and I can't really point at much of anything and go, that is uniquely me, and this cannot be found anywhere else. But you my, can say
0: nobody nobody draws like you.
1: But – I. I guess. I guess it, it becomes you're this guy because no, you don't have, you know, Walt Simonson drawing hands on somebody else's body. You know, it's like okay. But Thankfully, you... Jack Kirby's not laying anything out, and Frank Miller's. Filling in blacks and John Byrne's strong mouths,
0: but that that hodgepodge of a look. Yeah, if we can call it that. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I was,
1: that's that's we'll go with that.
0: I was talking to Chris Jeruso, <sighs> and I described it as being neither fish nor fowl, where where it's it's a superhero look, yeah. It's, it's too cartoony to fall in line with
1: with the superheroes with the
0: superheroes, but it's not a Bigfoot cartoon thing, where it's going to fall in line with yeah. a, a Disney thing. Yeah. So it's it's, it's distinct. Yeah, it is identifiable. Uh-huh. It's clearly an Eric Larson look.
1: He's got an Eric Larson look. No, you do. He's you're saying that Chris Jeruso is Eric Larson. I believe you're...
0: that's what I was saying. Yeah, <laughs> but it clearly it clearly started. I mean, I know it's it's a little bit there in Doom no. Control. You start to no. see it. It's maybe not as as blown out as it is now. Uh huh. You know that you weren't drawing hands and fists that. Yeah, I, short I,
1: I saw, how that that just kind of got out of control.
0: But clearly, you pointed out, you may, you mentioned a bunch of names, you know, Simonson, Kirby, etc. Yeah. Uh, I remember I was talking to Todd DeZego once, and he said he'd heard you in an interview say that Gil Kane was a big influence. Yeah. So is it really you You are just this aggregate of all uh, these different it's
1: terrible. hunks and yeah. pieces? It's terrible. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I have nothing of my own to offer.
0: Is there? Is there? It's, I've
1: had no schooling. I haven't been exposed to anything. None of us need schooling. You know, nothing. But, I'm. you know... I gotta be looking at more of these comics I got kicking around here. I got a bunch of them. I gotta start pulling in other influences than than the guys that everybody go. Oh, those are like six really popular guys, and you're you've got pieces of those six guys. Wow, that's unique. But that's I feel like when it comes together, unlike anything.
0: I I could see some of some of Walt Simon. <laughs> no, a little bit. I could see that. I, could see I you know
1: when I was when I had John Workman lettering my stuff. Yeah, it was like. I have got to fire him because it just it's now it's that it's too apparent that I'm just ripping the ripping on this guy all the time. So I gotta I gotta just ditch.
0: Well, how much in the in the early Dragon stuff were you having? Eliopoulos, particularly with the sound effects. Oh yeah, I was going. You? I was yeah.
1: going. Look, I didn't want to hire you. I just I really wanted this other guy. Can you just can you just ape that? And as soon as he was gone, as soon as he was like, I gotta leave, man. And then it was like, Well, I just get the real guy. Why? Why am I? I've had, I've had Rich Buckler here for 106 issues. I can have Jack Kirby. What the fuck?
0: So, is is there in your drawing and your your hodgepodge of drawing as you're constantly evolving? Are you shooting for something? Are you are you are you just just evolving and seeing where it goes?
1: Yeah, I'm just evolving. Just the that. thing. The thing is also is. Um, I know a lot of people sit there and they work with just pages of all sorts of stuff around them, you know, cause it's like, Oh, I want to be able to have this in mind. I I want to be able to
0: inspiration. Yeah, you know, like they'll just stuff.
1: have their inspirational reference sort of around them always. Yeah. And then when they, when they have to draw it without any reference, they're just like, Oh, what the hell, man, I, I need my reference. I have nothing around me at, at all. <laughs> You know, so I'm like, I do a lot of the drawing that I do is in a coffee shop. And it's like, I don't bring anything other than like the couple latest issues of Savage Dragon. Just, just in case, you know, I have to draw a character that I've already drawn before. So he doesn't completely wander off model.
0: Right. And you're, and you're at this point, you're pretty much going straight to the page. You're writing and drawing straight on the boards. Yeah. No thumbnails. No. No, no, uh, nothing. No mapping of things. No, not really draw a cover for the solicitation, and then you, you I ride. know,
1: and it's like, I think four months from now I'm really going to be into this idea. <laughs> it's right. like completely the worst way of going about it, because you back. get to that, and you go, "I have, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? God, I don't remember. All
0: right, we're going to come back to that. All that's right. going to spring off from All something right. else. I'll bet it will. Oh, it will. <laughs> it certainly will. Okay. But to that end, to the way you draw and the way you I approach I'll, the I'll. work, you're not academic about it. We had a conversation huh. a couple of years back where I'd mentioned *Understanding Comics*, Scott McCloud's book. Yeah, you know, yeah, I didn't read that. I've read that, and I and I asked you, I'm like, yeah, but don't you think it's interesting to to put words to these ideas that we all know instinctually? And your response was something to the effect of, I don't, I don't need to know those words. I know, I know the instincts. Like I've read comics for X number of years. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't need anybody to tell I'm me. I've actually
1: the the, the thing that, that bothered. I actually did read Understanding. I didn't oh. read the ones after that or whatever there was. But when I read it, I was like, there is no new information in this entire book. So it's sort of like he's digested all of it, and and I guess there are people who are reading. They're like, oh my, this is all so profound. And I'm reading it. and I'm like, there's nothing here. And and that's the, the the frustrating thing for me about reading a lot of these these different books, is like you know somebody writes a book on inking, it's like all right, I'm going to learn all this stuff that I didn't know, and then you read it and it's like there's nothing here that I didn't I I didn't don't think of myself as being that knowledgeable, but it, I guess I'm just the wisest man there is. Well, there's a certain to, amount
0: of osmosis that happens. You read enough there, comics. Yeah stuff seeps in. I mean, I was talking to Richard Starkings about lettering and, and on some level, if you've seen enough comics, you can tell when a balloon looks right or wrong. Yeah. And what a sure sign for me of a lot of amateur comics is the balloons just look. Yeah. Terrible.
1: You look, <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> like well, balloons... that's, well, that's really when guys are pitching stuff. And when I was a publisher at image, you, you get this stuff in the mail. It's like, Oh yeah. You know, unprofessional lettering, <laughs> Make stuff look so much less professional yeah, it's a, it's than it would look if it just it. if you just hired some guy who knew what the hell he was doing.
0: Even like professional publishers, you know, Scholastic or whatever. Although they they've got their stuff together, there are actual book publishers that hire guys who can draw and then just slap these the horrifying worst. ellipses over everything. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, it's it's awful. So
0: you're not necessarily academic about this stuff, but another conversation we had Uh-oh. years ago.
1: This is all this is like talking to my wife. She'll like bring up stuff I've said before and it's like, Well fuck, it's come back to haunt me. I didn't know I'd have to remember that.
0: No, this is this oh. is this is gonna come as a nice this is a compliment. Right. I'm coming right. your way. Okay. We were talking over uh, fried chicken in North Carolina. If you want me to paint the picture. Oh, wow, that is a picture. And you were I don't want to say academically, but somewhat academically breaking down, particularly the, the Marvel heroes of the sixties. Into like real bare bones essences. I don't, know if I don't you remember. I don't know if you remember this. I don't even remember it. But you sort of had a, a take on every character and what they were really about. The one that sticks in my mind is that Thor being about a father and son, and that's that's the the essence of what Thor is. Do you remember that at all?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean that that is like. I mean that's why every time they get rid of Odin, it's like suddenly you've added thirty years to <laughs> Thor. Because before <laughs> Odin was there saying, "Come on, come on, what are you doing? What the hell's wrong with you? You're a God, Valkyrie, you know." He yeah. was, he had the dad sitting there, and as soon as he's out of the picture, then Thor's an adult, and it's like, oh man, you don't want
0: you don't want that, you know that stuff. That, and I'm I'm, I'm certain you have something on the Hulk. Like yeah, a, I, a take I would on the Hulk.
1: I would think. You know, I, I I really need fried chicken to think about things like this. <laughs> but without going through each character,
0: yeah. when did you find in your in your reading, in your career, when did these things foma- like create ferment in your mind? I
1: don't know that there was a day when, that, when it all just gelled. But there were certain things where you realize these elements make this character work. You know, it's like... Yeah. There's a reason that Aunt May is in Spider-Man and that she, you know, she is kind of this thing, this worrying thing that, you know, if you take that out of the, the equation, then it's then it's like, why not? Why, why not swing around with your mask off? Who cares? Aunt May's not having a heart attack. She's dead. I can swing. I can tell people who I am all day long. Fantastic Four. They live in a – they just walk around as – Ben and Reed and sure. Sue and all, they're not sitting there going, I better put on a mask. No, you know, so clearly those guys aren't getting shot in the middle of the night.
0: Now, is it a case of seeing something where they did it wrong and that helps you? Cause I remember seeing the, the 1989 Batman movie and really having a problem with the fact that they made the Joker, the guy that killed Batman's parents. Cause then it becomes a revenge story. Yeah. And Batman is not a revenge story. Yeah. It's like a guilt tortured thing. That'd no, be...
1: and really Batman works best if he doesn't even catch Joe Chill. Right. Right. You know that that all the criminals are essentially Joe Chill. Right. Every one of them potentially is the guy who killed his parents and he's sort of getting cuz he is getting it's it is revenge in a way, but it's See, it's I, sort I of
0: it as he's protecting that from ever mm. happening to somebody else. That works kind of too. That all but, that but, also. But it was it took me seeing somebody do it what I thought the wrong way. Yeah, for the pieces to click as to what makes it work, I didn't know if you had had that. There's the very
1: various things. You you go. Oh yeah, that doesn't work. And I think it's just that way. But you know, I, on... I God, I hate all those Batman movies. You know what? <laughs> it doesn't matter who's making them; they're all terrible. You know, it's like the people are raving about the the last three things. Yeah. It's like so Batman's entire career. From the day he got to be Batman, because the first one was Batman Begins, yeah, to the last day when he has his last fight and everybody thinks he's dead, yeah, he got into like six scraps yeah. over his entire career, you know. In the comics, it's like he fought the Joker like nine hundred times and the Riddler really and all right. those guys, a million. And you just got this sense that that stuff was going on with Batman. It's like oh, we beat up that guy, and now eight years can go by without me putting on my damn costume, and and the city's fine.
0: Eric, don't you get it? <clears throat> Those movies are realistic, and that uh, makes them awesome.
1: Uh,
0: Hashtag sarcasm. I can't turn my head
1: <laughs> because of this rubber costume prevents me from turning my head. Well, case, I sure <laughs> the hell hope he doesn't come at me from either one of these two sides, where I am blind. <laughs>
0: For that, I mean, to that end, uh, that's why I like. I'd rather just see them all get animated, but that's. that's yeah, I mean,
1: an, whatever. I mean, just, there's a certain. The comics. S-
0: what? Or just read the comics.
1: Or just read the comics yeah. where it's where he can have white slits for eyes, and nobody goes, "Hey, what's up with the white slits, <laughs> I'm dude?" Sure
0: somebody's saying that. Uh, Some clown somewhere is concerned about the white slits. Yeah, for eyes. that's the that's the thing. It's like you know, can you
1: can you get past realism? enough that you don't have to put a, a seam down the middle of his forehead can we really do it is that seam make that comic better but is that a more entertaining comic but well god a, you know I, I never wanted to read wolverine comics he's so unrealistic but they put this seam down the middle of his forehead <laughs> and now now i now that i see how his costume is stitched together that character is infinitely better
0: but then there's going to be that clown that's reading a Jim Aparo Batman comic and he's got the white slits. But when his eyes go wide and he shows a pupil, they're going to call that out. Oh, now you can see his eyes? <laughs> Neil Adams did the same thing. Like his eyes would go wide oh, you'd see yeah. pupils and then, oh, that's a problem. You can't. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Nobody's ever going to be happy. You yeah. and I included in that. Yeah, whatever. We're all part of you the know, thing. I, yeah.
1: I, I, at a certain point, I think I may have been that guy for like a week. And then I was like, Oh, you know, whatever. You know, I was was pleased that my last issue of Supreme, that he defeated the villain by pushing him through the planet and then throwing him into the sun. And it's like, you know, why would it work that pushing a guy through a planet would destroy the planet? There's no reason at all that two small characters (laughs) being pushed through a planet would wreck the entire planet. But I don't really care. I wanted the planet wrecked. That's the way that works. What are you going to – who's right? I, they're, the panel shows them wrecking the planet, so clearly it happened, so live with it.
0: <laughs> now, you did a lot of work at Marvel. We could talk about that, but we're not going to yeah. talk about it. And you did stuff at DC, we're not going to talk about that either. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Do you, you want to talk about that? I've
1: never – you know, DC is just, is just kind of an invisible period for me.
0: Well, you did Doom Patrol.
1: I did Doom Patrol, and nobody's kind of – it's sort of under the radar that nobody really –
0: well, because then Grant Morrison did it, and then yeah, all that whatever.
1: It's like, yeah, here you go.
0: But then you also you'd come <clears throat> back. You wrote Aquaman for yeah. a spell,
1: yeah, again. You know, except for Lagoon Boy, they keep they used Lagoon Boy for a long time afterwards. But that was my my only lasting anything. That's the only reason anybody knew I had anything to do with at DC Comics. Because it's like, where the hell does Lagoon Boy come from? It's like, all right,
0: and then. Obviously, at Marvel, you did Amazing Spider-Man. We're, we actually are going to talk about that in a little bit. But you did stuff at Marvel. But the real, yeah. the thing you're, you're most known for is it being is. one of the founding members of Image Comics. Yes. And the Savage Dragon. So I'm, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to talk about those two things slightly separately. All right. So the forming of Image Comics, a well-documented yeah. event.
1: Yeah. So we don't need to go over it, right?
0: We're going to. I'm going to. I'm going to approach it from a slightly different angle. All
1: right. All right. Let's see what angle this is. That's what I'll do. I'm ready. All right. See, I didn't know, I, the, the thing was at the time, I didn't know that this was going to have any significance at all. So there's there's like certain things in my memory that I will go, okay, I got to lock in that Artie Simek lettered Incredible Hulk 156. That's got to be in there, <laughs> you know? I need to know that that's when Salter Pani came aboard as the anchor, and that he <laughs> stayed till issue 167, and but then what left. what happened to you in 91 but, is you know. But 92. what happened in 91, 92? It's like somebody, somebody's gonna care. All right. Well, shit.
0: But yeah. So who knew? It was it was it's this huge thing that <laughs> yeah happened yeah in, in hindsight.
1: Night. At the time, it was like all right, well. So I'm going to my, my run on Spider-Man's over. I I'm waiting for them to approve this Nova thing. So while I'm waiting, I might as well see what these guys are up to and All try right. this thing out.
0: So I'm going to paint this this hypothetical, what somebody on the internet might say. Yeah, and let's see where you where you take this. All right, or somebody could observe oh. that the formation of well, you you had followed Todd McFarlane on the Amazing Spider-Man.
1: First, I followed him on The Incredible Hulk for, for issue. one issue. <laughs>
0: right, okay. so you, followed, you followed Todd on The Hulk for one issue. Yeah. You followed Todd on The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. You followed Todd on The Adjectiveless Spider-Man. Yeah. One could say you followed Todd to image because Todd is, is regarded as the leader.
1: Yeah, you, even though I was there before Todd became part of it.
0: So who, who did start it? Who was the first voice to
1: Rob Liefeld?
0: Okay, so Rob was the first thing he did that. Yeah, ad right.
1: Yeah, he did. The, he book. did the ad, and and
0: and then you were the next guy on board because he... well,
1: it was it was kind of me. See, the, the thing is, this this is also what I heard on the internet, but I have no memory of it at all. But apparently, me, uh, Rob Liefeld, and Jim Valentino had uh, dinner at some point, and uh, <laughs> Rob had asked him would you, would you publish a comic of mine? Cause he was thinking his, his brain was, I wonder if the people who are reading my stuff over here would follow me over here. Right. You know, fair, and it's just fair a question. fair question. Sure. And also, I mean, his brain and, and at, at that point or whatever was, I'm not going to go the route that other people have gone when they do the creator own stuff, which is, you like Spider-Man? Well, let me tell you about my pizza delivery guy who is fascinated by fat ankles. You know, it's like, what? Right, why, would, why, why would this translate from this to this? If I like this, I'm not going to have anything to do with this other thing that you want to force feed me. Sure. You know, his was, I like doing these kind of big superhero things. I could do this big superhero thing on my own as a separate thing. And I wonder if that audience would, would follow me over. Sure. And Dave Ulrich was, sure, I'd publish that. I'd publish any of you guys. So the, door was the, the legend was, I mean, at that point was, hey, this is going to happen. So we had been talking. And then when Todd came into it was, hey, how come you didn't give me a call? Ah, <laughs> oh, sure. I'd I i I'd like to be part of that one, but that sounds good. That sounds good. We get the whole. We should. You know what? We should get the whole, all of the big guys from Marvel, and form our own
0: company. Oh, beauty! So the ball was was snapped by Rob. So it's like, yeah,
1: it's like he was there. Jim and I were like, sure. Jim Valentino. Jim Valentino and I were like, sure. Todd got on board, and as soon as Todd was there, it was like. Uh, we've got the big dog here, you know, and it's like, you got to And then he was full on actively recruiting guys. Right. Cause it was like, we got, we, we cause it, once he had Rob and he had Jim or b- Rob and Todd, then it was like, we got to get, we got to get Jim Lee. Cause right. he's Marvel's golden boy. Yeah. You know, they, cause the sun shone on him. Cause sure. it's like Todd is a troublemaker. Rob is a troublemaker. But Jim was like,
0: he was he he
1: towed, towed the line. He would do the good thing.
0: What were you at the time? If, if they're like troublemakers and, and oh, I'm, I'm Boy Scouts? I'm also
1: a troublemaker. I w- I, there was never any point where I was anything other than complete. Just some asshole they put well, up with.
0: Well, so then, it was like, what the hell? So then following this thread, then there was, I hate using the word infamous, but there was the, the whole name withheld
1: yeah, that was, that, There was trouble right there. That was trouble. That, that was trouble. But that was one. That imaged. was me making trouble.
0: But see that that was could that be... was that
1: was that image, or was that I pre-image?
0: Was, I think it was as in the build-up to image because was that
1: might have been the build-up because, because I think had, it was right around. I the... feel like
0: that also sort of jockeyed with the Todd McFarlane Peter David debate yeah. that happened.
1: Yeah, that that was later on.
0: Oh, that was later on. Yeah, that was right.
1: that was announced in an issue of Spawn. There wasn't in the... An ad that was in there ridiculous debate. Yeah, ridiculous. It's a f- stupid waste of time debate.
0: But now, even in the in the modern day, yeah, to keep this this the Todd Eric thing as a thing, you know, Todd had his kerfuffle with Neil Gaiman, yeah. And throughout that entire thing, Todd was fairly quiet. <laughs> that was, like... Uh, yeah, so was, you were like yeah. front lines. Yeah, like, yeah, whatever.
1: Rocks. Yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm just the guy sitting there. Sitting there pissing on the bar on the fence, seeing if he's gonna get this pecker so,
0: zapped. So the, argument, know, so the hypothetical like, argument is: Eric's just like following Todd everywhere. Like Eric's just like Todd's. Like what did Eric ever do? It's all Todd.
1: Whatever, you know. Todd Todd was doing Amazing Spider-Man. He left Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man. I got on the book and sales went up. So it's like. If it was just Todd, how come sales didn't go down? Good point. I mean, they should have, theoretically, there's no reason for them to go up. Sure. They, they should have, at at worst, flatlined, yeah. <laughs> or worse than that, they should have gone down. You know? You get a guy on there that's like, oh, he's no good, down. But on Amazing, they went up, so go figure. It's, it's
0: the idea of, and, and it's it's become less and less true, but there's long been the notion of, the image style. Yeah. yeah. You know, they just take like it in, in a big umbrella, even though all six of you guys, well, paying attention can tell the difference.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like people looking at manga and going, Oh, it's all the same. Yeah. It's like, well, what's the same about it? <laughs> there's these, there's these speed lines. Like, really? That's it. That's the, that's the only thing that ties a million different styles
0: together. Well, they're all black and white. Oh, there we go. So in, in terms of, <laughs> differentiating you guys. The one thing that differentiates you specifically is you're the one guy who's done the same book from the beginning. Yeah, There's got to be some point of pride for you. Like, yeah, I lived out the mission statement beyond I, but, what anybody yeah, could have imagined. Yeah.
1: I, I think what, what, when I think of Image Comics, I don't think of it as a mission statement. I think it's sort People like to go, this is the Unimind where all these guys are pooling the same thought process. But that's not really what went on at all. It was just, no, the idea was we can do whatever the hell we want to do. I want to do my comic, right? you know? And it's like, Todd's like, I want my character to live beyond me. And part of it, my character becoming an icon is having different guys do the book, you know? And And that to him was part of what makes... An iconic character is not just one guy doing it. It's, you know, it went from Bob Kane to, you know, whoever, 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 and eventually Neil Adams is doing it. It's like, well, you just ran through like 400 different guys there. That's cool. And I think Jim Lee's was always, how can I make the most possible cash <laughs> out of out of this? I'm gonna start there. I'm gonna start the company, and I'm gonna have nothing. I had created jack shit prior to the company starting, because he didn't have, he didn't have any pre existing characters, so he right. just kind of came in there and go, "What the kids like? huh, I'm gonna put pockets on guys. I'm gonna have a Wolverine kind of guy, and I'm gonna to have a to, this right, kind, of kind of guy and that kind of guy.
0: Yeah, no, I Rob ta- had young blood.
1: Re- Rob, from Rob had young blood from like the Megaton days. Right. That and, was like really old.
0: Todd had Spawn somewhere. Todd had Spawn,
1: yeah. And, and Jim
0: had Shadowhawk and all his other.
1: Yeah, I, don't, I think Shadowhawk was not was had, created for had, Image. He
0: had his indie. His he, his had, he had he had other and... stuff that
1: he had done, but, yeah. but 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 his Shadowhawk was for Image.
0: So okay, so there was no official Image mission statement, but the idea. The... They,
1: for me, it was do whatever the hell you want, right. and if you wanted to, you know, sell your characters and make a pile of money. You know, mission accomplished. And if you want to have a bunch of different guys do your book, mission accomplished, you know? And so when people go, oh, yeah, those guys didn't live up to it, it's like, no, they didn't live up to doing what I wanted to do. They lived up to doing what they wanted to do exactly. So I don't have any problem with that.
0: Yeah, and no, I didn't suggest you did I guess I, as a teenager seeing it happen, I think the, the presentation of it was we want to do our characters our way. So then when guys stop doing their characters – the, the, yeah. Like, the alarm bell's like, wait a minute. But you were the one guy who st- kept doing his character and stuck with it. And then it, it gets sort of funky because you get to, like, the Image Zero issue or the Image Hardcover, yeah. where, like, the big event is these guys are coming <clears throat> back to do their character. And you're like, I haven't left. Like, <laughs> like that's when, like, the mission statements come first and it gets yeah. a little wonky. Yeah, The wheels come off the imaginary bus at that point.
1: <laughs> yeah, that one was a tough one because it's like, really? I'm going to come back and... And I, and I was like, what the hell am I even going to do? Because I, cause I knew that the other guys were fuck-ups, you know? So I'm just <laughs> coming into this going, there's a 10th anniversary in my ass. This isn't going to come out. You know, let's, right. let's just call it Image Comics, not call it Image Comics 10th anniversary, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, it's just going to be called Image <laughs> Comics. But it's like, if I'm introducing a major villain in here, well, my characters are getting older month by month by month. So what am, what am I drawing them like? Am I drawing them like they look now, or am I drawing them like how they're going to look whenever, this thing, s- yeah, whenever this thing comes out? You Because know? I'm sitting there, like right now, we have, we have this Image United thing, right? Yeah. Which we got three issues into, and then everybody suddenly was, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> but you know, it's not getting done, whatever the, whatever the thing was. But I'm looking at that and looking at those issues and going, Malcolm's twelve. You know, (laughs) and and Malcolm in the, it is in the comic now in the regular comic is like, he's 16 years old. He's as beefy as his dad and he's, he's, you know, the guy in charge and, and, you know, angels, you know, 18 years old and she's moving out and on her own and, and like all these characters are moving on and, and I'm going to be at some point going back and drawing more image United and going, what the hell? (laughs) This is really weird. You know?
0: Yeah, that's... I guess that's maybe the advantage of comics. That at least you can... Eventually, if you want to bring that stuff into the fold, you could fit it in where it goes. Yeah. And it's all in its own. Or it'll never, ever come out. And people... Will, it'll be another thing people will hang over the head yeah, of yeah, the yeah. comics. Yeah, yeah, It'll be like, I hate you guys for these
1: reasons. <laughs> there you go. Should have been a one-shot.
0: So here's another thing as as being the one guy who's kept with the one character. yeah. Take somebody like Mike Mignola, who did Hellboy for a good clip, and then handed it off to Richard Corbin or Duncan for great or what have you. Yeah. And then when he comes back to Hellboy, it's a big like, oh, yeah, yeah, is go back on Hellboy. No. Yeah. Do you notice that stuff and go, I don't, I don't ever get to do that. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean,
1: there is there's certain certain tricks that I don't get to have. You know, there's like they have things in there, in there, and it, like the whole. A lot of the the press that people get is is based on there being some kind of change, yeah, you know, and the change is almost always look at this, I'm on a different book, yeah, you know, and i don't, I don't get to pull that one out and go, look at what what I'm doing I'm doing the same thing again is there a first this first is first? unprecedented he's doing an issue one hundred and eighty six
0: is, is <sighs> all right, so this is gonna dovetail into this into talking about the dragon 'cause no I read. I think it might have been in Dragon. I can't remember where I read it. That when when image was forming, it was time to figure out what you were going to do. Yeah. You almost went super patriot. This wasn't in the letter. Yeah, from, no, yeah, you it was went super patriot because in your head you're like, once I start Dragon, uh, that's what I'm doing. It's yeah, no, yeah,
1: no, that was that was kind of what I had promised myself as a kid, Okay. which was like, <laughs> once you once you do this, and I was kind of like, have I really have I really done my whole career already? <laughs> I don't know that I want. I'm ready to start. You
0: were how old at that point?
1: Whatever. I don't know how old <laughs> I was. Oh, when when the Image started? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 29.
0: Okay, so 29. So it's like, uh, yeah,
1: have, I'm Superman's age. <laughs> I'm 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 gonna be older than Superman here by the end of the year. What the hell? Is is it it is is my is my the rest of my career over? If I said everything I wanted to, have I? You know, it's sort of the the. When you're getting married and you're getting, getting cold feet, and you're going, God, have I have I really dated enough? <laughs> you know, <laughs> have I really sown my wild oats enough yeah, that that committed. I feel like I, I'm in this for the long haul at this point? Right. But and as it turns out, I was also getting married right at that same time. So, so I, yeah, I made two huge <laughs> life-altering commitments, like back to back. I was like, I'm going to do this comic for. Ever, and I am also going to be with this one woman forever.
0: So let's talk about. You're going to talk time. about
1: Janie. Oh, okay.
0: And keep in mind, I ask all these questions with no intentional metaphors yeah. at all.
1: Yeah. All right. Okay.
0: I didn't okay. realize you got married at the same time. Well, I just. I want to make it clear to you and the listener. Okay. That there's no subtext to this. There's other than no talking subtext. about the dragon.
1: All right. I won't bring it up if you won't.
0: So, so there's there's two elements to this. One is I know now you work. We talked about it briefly. You work straight on the boards, no thumbnails, whatever. When you first started out, how involved was your process?
1: It is every time I sit down to the drawing board, I'm reinventing the wheel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that seems exhausting. I, it is. It is actually quite <laughs> exhausting because there are frequently times where I'm going. Oh, I've done that before. No,
0: but I'm saying early on. I'm saying no. it, was, it to... was like
1: I would do I would do tiny little thumbnails yeah. and then I would do big thumbnails. And then I would do, you know, just isolated panels. And then I would be on the boards for a while. And then I would be, Oh, I gotta use this regimented grid that I'm gonna use on every page for this one issue. And then I'm gonna do freeform the next one. And then I gotta
0: but in terms of yeah. the story, the content of what you were doing, yeah, it, the impression is that at least for a good while you had some sort of plan. You had this notion of where the dragon was going, and you were going towards that. Yeah, and then at a certain point, you get to that, and then it feels like then. Then the impression I have is you just started making it up. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that accurate? Is it is uh,
1: accurate? there? What what there w- was to begin with. Was I had done dragon stories when I was a little kid. Yeah. And I drew them up through high school. And then when I was 19 years old, me and a couple other buddies self-published a comic called Graphic Fantasy. Right. And that stories, the, the two stories that, were, that I did in there were pretty much the last dragon stories that picked up from when I was a tiny little kid these were like, okay, this is where I've got, I got to this one point. Um, so then as a guy coming in and doing comics and a professional image comics thing, I was like, okay, well, I don't want to start in the middle and just pick up from where I left off in 1982. Sure. So it's been 10 years. Let's not just pick up where I left off. What I'll do is I'll uh, set these aside, and I will work towards these stories. That these stories will eventually be where I get to that point, and then I can pick up from where I where I left off before. But until I get there, that's that's my goal. The dragon will be in uh, the the ex leader of this government super team, and blah blah blah. And he's got you know he's got a wife, and he's got a little kid, and. You know, those are the—that's this the essential basic setup for that. Now I got to work towards that. Well, what what is a more logical step back other than? The retarded thing I did when I was in fourth grade and didn't even begin to know how the world functions, you know, where you're just like writing stuff. It's like I don't know. I think people get laid like this, you know. Where you're just like you don't know anything. Your world, your whole, your whole world is just like fucked up. I don't know. When people are going to the to the desert, don't they ride on giant dogs? I think so. You know, where you're just no, that's. That's not the way that works at all. You know, you just don't have any idea as to how the world functions. And so that's, that was where my initial comics, they were just flat out like the dumbest things. And then gradually they got more sophisticated as I figured stuff out. And then I got to a point where I was like, all right, here's, here's where we're at. And I drew those those last two stories and those are the ones that were published. right? But those, if you just start with those, it's like, it seems as though you're reading issue 40, you know, it just seems like I've missed a whole bunch of this guy's life and a whole bunch of this guy's career. So I want to, I want to step back from that. And for whatever reason, I had a friend who was a policeman. It was like, seems to me that it makes kind of sense that I would start this guy off as a policeman. And then maybe he would work into being in the government team. And then he could, you know, not be in a government team and go back to being that guy. So that was my goal. And eventually, I did work and redrew those two stories as issues of Dragon. And then once I got to that point, I was like, I don't, I don't have anywhere I'm going now, you know. And which is fine, but you know, but, it, but it's always been kind of, you know, at that point, it's the the goal is, you know, he'll be dead. I'm working towards him being dead. How do how do I get there? I'm going to take the long way around because I like him, but. I really want to do a story where I where I start at the beginning and work towards that, and then that the book continues without him. You know, okay. it's just okay. Now, now your dad's in the in the grave, and now you're the the lead guy, and right. you're. I mean, at this point, Malcolm's sixteen. He's been kind of the lead guy in the book since around issue 150, actually, and Dragon's been went from being the, the protagonist to the antagonist to, you know, whatever.
0: So working on this thing now for 20 plus years. Yes. Right? It's about the, the number Yeah, one. yeah. Going past the idea of, although it's a curious question of when you started it, with the notion of I'm going to do this forever. Yeah. That was at a, at a peak of the comic book market. You know, you mentioned before, Dragon, number one, sold 600 oh. plus thousand copies. As the market sort of ebbs and flows and becomes treacherous and then not, and then, <laughs> like, is, there's, is there a party that goes, I might not be able to keep doing this? Or,
1: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Every <laughs> every damn month, you go, like, is this the last issue? Maybe so. Let's is it see. Really, what... Is
0: it that? Yeah, sure. Because there's just, because the, the financial reward? No, of
1: because it? of the financial reward of it, it's like, is this worth, is this even worth doing? Yeah. I mean,
0: what keeps it worth doing? Cause my questions are what, what like I think about it and I go, I, you, do you get bored? Like, no, never. No. So all the experimental things you do are like, this one's all splash pages. And this one is going to start with 22 panels and, and shrink down. Or I'm going to do a Chris. I remember Chris doing a, a comic bit with the nine panels where he's, where he's in a cast. And yeah. apparently the whole issue was that there's a fly <laughs> zipping around just yeah. balloons and coloring. That's not out of – I'm bored. Let me try something to, to, to like, re myself. That's just you having fun It's That's just me having fun.
1: I'm, I'm having fun. I mean, I, I don't want to sit there and go, I'm drawing the same thing in the same way month in, month out. And part of that is, well, well you know, how do I – how can I goose myself so that it, it forces change on me? And, and having the character's age definitely – it forces change on you, you know, sure. it's just this necessity that, Hey, this guy's going to get older, deal with it.
0: Now, I remember in, in high school having a character that in my mind, if I ever did the comic, he would age, He would get older. Yeah. And, and think about that now as an adult, I'm like, I, I don't have patience for that. So I'm I'm amazed. It's like impressive to me that you've had the patience to take the diligence to do it, <laughs> like to follow through on this promise of a child. Yeah. <laughs> like, Like like, I don't even know him, you know, he's not even, he's not even real to me. You look back (laughs) at other things as a kid, you're like, that kid was an idiot. He didn't know what he was doing. And you are like following the orders of a, of a, of an idiot child.
1: I know. (laughs) Like, and the thing was when I started the book, I didn't, I had no idea that it was going to make it anywhere, you know? So it's like when I'm, when I'm starting, it's like, is this gang of guys going to get along? Are we gonna actually make a comical company? Is this gonna exist? So part of the the consideration when I'm starting it is am I starting something that, that I may never be able to get to finish? Right. You know? Or you know, if this all goes to, to hell, can I take this property to somebody else and that I'll be able to continue it somewhere? I don't even know. You know, will that imaginary publisher exist? <laughs> Maybe, you know, yeah. maybe one of these other guys would go, ah, yeah, whatever, <laughs> we'll publish it. We don't give a shit.
0: I suppose, fortunately, you, ha- you didn't have to do all
1: that.
0: Yeah, I did. You are able to keep the book going.
1: Luckily, yeah. yeah.
0: So you don't get bored.
1: No, there's not, it's, it, why would I? I don't I know. can do anything with it. Yeah, I, I can true. do absolutely anything, you know? It's not like doing...
0: This might speak more
1: to me. Well, well, I think when you think about the the other characters that are out there, you know, you think, oh, well, there's there's Batman. You know, would you get bored doing Batman? It's like, yeah, I would get bored doing Batman if every year he had to fight the Joker at some point. Right. You know, because then it's like I've drawn 20 fucking fights of the Joker and Batman coming up against each other. Yeah, this is getting really old, you know. Sure. It's just, do we have to have that same, this that you know? I mean, the Fantastic Four really cycle through Stan and Jack's characters, and then it's like, all right, I've done all, my, I've done my Galactus story, I've done my Doctor Doom story, I've done my, you know, various other characters. What am I going to make up new characters for the Fantastic Four to fight? If I'm going to make up new characters, I'll do that in, my, in Pajama Man and go and start that book up, you know. So I don't even want to do that. So I'm—I guess I'm done. I've—I've I've done all the major characters. You know, when I was on Spider-Man, we cycled through pretty much all his major foes, and then it was like, okay, here comes Venom again. It's like, really I'm doing Venom again? why—why was- why do I need to stick on this book now? We're repeating ourselves already. I did the Sinister Six for crying out loud. I got—and I did two Sinister Six stories all right, I'm done.
0: <laughs> that's, I'm not disagreeing. I just, it, for me, again, the idea of the, the idea that you're following through on the ideas of yourself as a child is remarkable. But re, but really the only, like genu- con- genuinely remarkable the
1: only con- constant that's, that's really there is the one main guy, right. you know, everything else is, is new or can be new. You know, there's, Tons of new villains, tons of new supporting characters, and I kill people off left and right with with no with no hesitation whatsoever.
0: And it's not like you don't do other things. You did Herculean. You 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 scratch the itches when they come up.
1: And and even so, even if I was just like, I, I don't want to do anything else because I'm I've got so much you know, I want to keep my monthly schedule going on this. I could always just go, you know, suddenly there's this huge subplot with some other character entirely, right? And I'll just do that story. You and then know,
0: when you're doing that, you're you're figuring out along the way, right? For sure. The most
1: part whatever, whatever the hell, whatever it is. But it's like I mean, Angel Dragon is a completely di- you know visual, completely different visual than Malcolm or his dad, and I can do a lot of stuff with with Angel in the book. And suddenly, I'm doing a a Supergirl kind of thing.
0: Now, now, to be at, fair, I, at the same time, There's a similar conversation I had, I've had with Chris Jeruoso and other people, where I guess the way my brain works, I I, I seek a, an ending. Uh-huh. I, I, you know, so I talked to Chris about G-Man, and he's like, "No, nah, I just I'll keep making up stories and I'll drop subplots and pick them up later when." Uh-huh. And that just—it's such an interesting approach to me.
1: But, but but I mean you can think about it in your own life. You're you're not sitting there going, well, I, my own life has to end. Well, <laughs> nice. I guess, you know. In order for me to, it's like it's just like you're, you're anybody's life. Well, geez, I guess this, I guess my friend has to die now. Like so,
0: part of it is you you sort of grow up and you you're taught story structure. Yeah. Or you learn story structure and that you know there's a beginning, a middle, and an end, and a rising action, a falling action things pay off and it's amazing when that stuff happens with you or chris or whoever and they're just it it seems like you're winging it to a certain degree you are to a certain degree but then you find the 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 connection points as you're going along and say i did here's here's where it comes together and you bring it together in a way that almost seems like you planned it but when
1: well, you, sometimes i do
0: sometimes you do but sometimes you really don't
1: <laughs> no, sometimes i absolutely do not
0: and it's unfair to say that That doesn't happen when you have an ending that you've planned. I've certainly written stories where I see a connection along the way and it changes things as you're going. Just the idea that you go straight to the boards is fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) That it's
1: that Well, it doesn't always work out so well. Let me just say that. Because there'll be like the last issue I did when I started it, I was like, you know, I haven't done is I haven't done an issue where I just use the same layout. For the entire issue, no variations at all. Just I'm just gonna do a six-panel grid. I'm gonna rule out every panel and just start it off. You know, page one is a six-panel grid, page twenty is a six-panel grid. It's just gonna be throughout, and that's what it's gonna be. And then I started it and I got five or six pages into it, and I was like, This isn't working at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. So
1: so at that point I, you know, put those put those aside. And it's like, all those right, let's go into the scrap pile. And there's a, an awful lot of, of pages that just go in the pile. And, now, and there's a heap of pages. <laughs> One of these stacks of, of paper behind me is pages that I started and never finished.
0: Now, on that six-panel example, yeah, what wasn't working? Was it that the story you were trying to tell needed a different arrangement? Or yeah. was so limiting that you just couldn't?
1: It was that. Because it was a, it was almost the entire issue was a trial. Okay. And just when you're doing a panel that takes up a sixth of a page, I kind of felt like those panels needed backgrounds. They just do, you know, it's like, it's a big hunk of real estate. I can't just have there be nothing in the background, even though what would be in the background would be the same fucking thing. For 20 pages, you know, that it was just like this is going to be really visually monotonous to draw that same thing over yeah. and over and over again. So rather than do that, you know, I'll do the six panel page thing when it when the scenes are changing, when it's like we're here, we're here, we're here, we're here, we're going from this place to this place, to this place. And I like using that particular grid. And I've done it before in, you know, a few pages at a time. But just as an entire issue, when there wasn't going to be enough visual variety, it just seemed like this is going to do me in. So in, instead, I did something vastly more difficult.
0: <laughs> is this a 10-panel? It's
1: 10-panels, ten ten, yeah. This one was, I did a 3x3 three three grid. So the areas that would have been 4 panels in a 6-panel page, Instead of that being two by two, it became three by three. So now okay. there's a, a a block that's three panels wide, three panels tall, and that's a, that takes place that's a square. Okay. And so then above it, you can have a bigger panel. or conversely, you can move that below or you can break up your square and have it be you know right. two panels on top and there'll be a, an extra wide panel in the middle. And I didn't want to have there be any two pages sitting next to each other with the same essential thing. So you kept moving that horizontal Yeah, so the horizontal the had to either be at the top or the bottom or the middle somewhere, and I didn't want it to be.
0: For someone listening who maybe didn't follow the description, it's a nine-panel grid that's squashed enough to create a one letterbox panel that slides up and down. Essentially. Accurate? yeah, Yeah. I don't know if that description was any better.
1: I don't know that it was. I mean, it is lit. It's you know, a, a page is rectangular. Yeah. So this is this is a square which Inside is sitting on uh, on that, and the square can go right. up and down. It's three I think by we've three. All the
0: angles can, on we, can we?
1: Can we? I think there must be another way. <laughs> but where we can describe put, this further.
0: I'll put on the website. I'll have like visual. Yeah, if you could. Yeah. Can, can yeah, I think through.
1: that would make it much, much easier. Because
0: the most important part of this conversation. I,
1: I would think so. I think if we could spend 15 minutes just talking this about out. this and just explaining in explicit detail the same. But this is what worked for this particular issue. It's like, okay, this worked. The same thing when I did I did an issue at one point where there was 20 panels, and then I used the same essential grid. It was, it was whatever it was, 4x5 grid. And then... Uh, I would the next page I would like merge panels 1 and 2 and so that suddenly that was a bigger panel and then you turn the next page and those same two panels that had merged are still merged but now you merged the next another panel, panel yeah. merges and I had my my rules as I wanted it I wanted things to merge together and get into bigger panels I wanted it to be an interesting the way they merged so it wasn't just you know, row one done, row two done. Now they become a big panel now that, now that both are rows. So I, I wanted it, I wanted there to not, never be a point where you're going, I don't know which panel to go to next. So not have it merge in a weird way sure. where, you know, like the right hand columns suddenly merge and you're going, well, wait a minute, what do I do here? So it had to, it had to be interesting. It had to merge in a way that made sense for reading and, and that when it merged that it's a bigger panel for a reason you're it's not just a bigger panel for no reason at all it would be you know the the first time that two panels became bigger it's like well why is this a tenth of a page instead of a 20th well it's a new characters being introduced so we that we need to focus on that sure you know why why are these panels so and that and again that was one where i had where i had done the layouts i'd put put the all the panel borders down on on some paper I'd started an issue, and I got a couple, you know, a few panels into it. I was like, it's not going to work for this issue. And so I had that stack of paper of 20 pages ruled out sitting by my drawing board for like a year and a half, wow. maybe more, before it finally got to the point where it was that story where it was like, you know, I this is going to work. I'm going to work it in here.
0: That answers the question that came up when you were talking about it, which was: is, it was the chicken and egg question, which is what comes first—the the conceptual approach or the story that fits it? And clearly, this was a the concept came before. This, the story. Yeah,
1: sometimes yeah. it's not it's not always the case, you know. Because in this issue, the concept that came first was a six panel grid, and that didn't end up getting used. Yeah. So I ended up coming up with something else, also that I hadn't done yet. But, you know, it's fucking 200-panel-long comic. <laughs> God, i kill myself. Like, this time the writer wins. Next time, artist wins. It's going to be big shit.
0: So here's another question about drawing and drawing for so long. You know, I look back on old work and I could see, you know, aside from being able to see where the pieces came from, yeah. I could see where I've improved. Uh-huh. where I've changed how I draw hands or, or whatever the case may be how often are you looking back and are you seeing variance in your work oh yeah how how and does it is there is there a check are you like i use i like the way I used to draw that better than i'm doing it now or are you constantly right? almost,
1: almost always it's worse Almost always the old it's stuff like is worse. the old stuff i go ah yeah. oh, i can't yeah. even look at this this is terrible <laughs> the only thing where where you can go this is better is that there will be things where I hadn't drawn that pose yet. And at that point it's visceral and more vital and more, you know, it's, it's immediately, it's like, wow, that you just nailed a cool pose there. And then later on, it's like, well, I'm either going to be drawing the same pose because that was a great pose or I'm going to do, it, at this point, intentionally lesser pose because I don't want to repeat myself. And so when you're, when you're defaulting to pose B or pose C by necessity, they're, they're not going to be as powerful as your, you know, put your first one.
0: Right. And do, you, and do you find your drawing changes depending on whether you're working at your art desk or at a coffee shop based on your, like your environment, uh, and the, 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 the angle you're working at and all that? Like you know, we talked yeah, about no, drawing I, an easel, it's, and it's harder to draw. Yeah, it's 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 better
1: at the at the drawing board. Yeah, I mean it just does. you and it, you're... Yeah, I'm more comfortable. There's there's the reference sitting around. But you know, you
0: the art. Do you find the actual drawing? Uh, it's when you're it's at generally
1: office? a little crisper at home than it is when I'm working outside.
0: Sure. I mean, I only think just because you know, I'll you do a but convention, draw a convention. You can't draw to the degree that you would draw at home. Like, you're just never gonna yeah well even so and... it's
1: like I'll take I'll take my dip pens and all that stuff into a really? coffee shop yeah oh I bring the proper tool <laughs> it seems I like know a lot of effort. <laughs> it seems it is but it's also I'm you know I'm, I'm out of the house it's a little bit of it's a different environment right there's, you' either know, different by
0: people
1: all the time
0: <laughs> and then how often are people coming up to you this was a I feel like I keep bringing Chris up, but Chris is one of my friends. I talk to him all the time, and he was the first person on this podcast, and he talked about you considerably, yeah. and then Jim Danacos talked about you. Like, your name comes up quite a bit oh. on this podcast. You, you, <laughs>
1: you, uh. oh, I hate all people. Uh, <laughs> no.
0: I, I love, love those guys I, so much. I completely lost track of what I was saying. It
1: was something about this. Chris was wondering – if you're in, you're in the coffee shop, if people are coming up and oh, going, yeah. "Thank you, hey, what the hell, man? Well, the, are we, you drawing? You drawing comics in here? Had, in the store? In the coffee shop?" We have, oh, that's cool.
0: We have a running a running joke. We all we write like if we're ever on an airplane and we're drawing. Yeah. Particularly it happens on airplanes because you have somebody sitting next to you and watching what you're doing. Yeah. The, the the question typically comes out something to the effect of, "Are you like an artist or something?" Like that's that's yeah. the question. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's like I, I guess I'm li- I'm like one. I guess
0: I'm sort of drawing. I'm right? like I'm
1: like one in the way that we both draw.
0: So, <laughs> what are people? You know, you're if you're in a coffee shop, dip pens and all this stuff. You you must be getting some.
1: Occasionally, there will be somebody comes along and goes, "Hey, there's actually a guy at the coffee shop who's in there fairly regularly to and sees if I'm drawing." He'll pop in and if I'm not drawing he doesn't have copy that day and see he comes in and he's just kind of wanting to just feed off the energy and get pointers or whatever and it's like oh, so wh- whatever artist, you like, know yeah
0: and and does anybody recognize the work or recognize you? Or are you Occasionally just, okay. there'll
1: be somebody who goes I, I know what that is. Didn't that guy used to have a cartoon? Yeah he did
0: Oh we're going to talk about the
1: cartoon Oh man that, that's, that's that was a Blessing, man. The thing is great. I don't know why it's not available. All right, let's it's talk so about the cartoon right now. Okay.
0: In the world of comics, yeah. There's another I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but uh everybody's so well not everybody, but a lot of people are so embarrassed to be doing comics yeah. they seek the validation of an outside medium. <laughs> <laughs> and oftentimes that comes in the form of a Hollywood validation. Yeah. Oh, this got options. That means, well, that means it's there, good. It's there Yeah. Important. There you go. Savage Dragon became a cartoon. It was on USA Network, right? Yes, it was.
1: Two it, seasons.
0: Two seasons. That's huge. Twenty six episodes. Did you get the valid- did you feel the validation? Uh, no. Or did no, you I not care? Well the thing was it at, at it was <laughs> that's a the question. It was a <laughs> <laughs> first it that's, was a
1: huge pain in the ass.
0: That's my big question about <laughs> yeah. this cartoon. Yeah. Did you feel validated or did you not give a crap?
1: Well the thing it was, was <laughs> at, at
0: at that point. <laughs>
1: The book was selling really, really well, you know, so I was making huge bank just doing the comic, and so then I would do this cartoon, and it would be, this is taking up (laughs) precious moments of my life where I could be doing this comic that pays way better than this cartoon. Now it would be, well, this cartoon, this pays way (laughs) better than my comic. (laughs) This is like... This is like ten years income right here, this cartoon. But at that point it was it was <laughs> it was not that way. So it was just kind of a, a pain in the ass.
0: Now, as a guy who controls controls his own universe, you yeah. The dragon, I would ask if it was weird ceding some of that control, but you also had many miniseries and stuff that you'd have other creators work yeah. on.
1: So Yeah, it-, it was it was not giving away the control was was did kind of suck. <laughs> and and it, the, the problem was, too, that there was sort of this illusion of control that they would have worked into it, where they were like, well, we, we sent you a bunch of voice tapes. We're wondering if you listened to those. Yeah, you did? Okay. And who do you like for Dragon? Oh. Yeah, well, we like this other guy. <laughs> and guess what? We trump you. <laughs> so it's like, what? No, why did you even ask me who Dragon sounds like if you're going to pick somebody else?
0: So in your mind, who does Dragon sound like?
1: I was going for like a Bruce Willis kind of deal where he's like, you know what, he can be a smartass, but he can also be, you know, the tough guy when he needs to be. I
0: feel like I've read Dragon properly because as I read it, I... The dialogue. I'm like, he's going for Bruce Willis here.
1: Yeah, like, it's just sort of like for. this. Is, you know, that's what we got. We got. He's got. And they didn't do that. That wasn't the voice that they. I've went never with.
0: seen the cartoon. What did they go with? If you even remember Uh
1: Darkwing Duck. No, he was, he was the guy who did that voice. The <laughs> okay. same guy. But he was the same doing guy. That voice. No, he wasn't doing yeah, yeah. that voice. But it was. But it was. It was a cartoon voice. It was a yeah. I mean, it was a cartoon. I mean, he sounded fine, but right. it just wasn't. It wasn't exactly what I was picturing in my head. I mean, it was—it wasn't like, oh, this is terrible. And a couple of the other guys' voices who they used were were the ones that I wanted. You right. know, like, oh, that was Frank Darling. That's absolutely who I would have chosen and did choose. So, yay, yay them. But it was—it was such a weird process, you know, where they would just go, okay, well, we need to fill this kind of demographic, and we need that, so. Alex Wilde, she's kind of dark the way she's drawn. It's like, well, she's Hispanic. Wilde isn't really a a Hispanic last name. Can we make her Alex Rodriguez? No, you can't. She's called Alex Wilde in the comic. She's adopted, all right? Let's just go with that. Well, that's kind of too confusing a backstory. How about if she's not Hispanic? (laughs) Can you still color her as though she's Hispanic? Sure. Okay, we're good. Because who walks around saying they're Hispanic anyway? Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's not like but, how's it going? I'm Chinese. Yeah. Well, I can see that. <laughs> Look at you. You know, it's like nobody nobody does that. Other than I mean, occasionally if That'd it's be just awesome like if
0: people did that. Yeah.
1: You know, how's it going? Yeah. By the way, I'm Danish. Just in case you were wondering. Just people said what their age is. Hi, how are you? I'm 46. Yeah. Just I thought you
0: needed to just, know that. I thought you needed to
1: know. Got an older brother, two younger sisters. <laughs> Whatever. Born in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I didn't live there long. Moved no, away. Did. Moved away. I according, was barely there. I according was, to your Ohio. I, I know, but I was I was there long enough to be born, essentially. I have an older sister or a, a younger older sister. My my younger sister, the older of two. Hey, anyway. She anyway, was also born in Minneapolis, and then we moved away. I feel like you were Washington born Washington State. I feel
0: like you were born in Minneapolis long enough to look like you're from Minneapolis.
1: There you go.
0: But not you were born long. You were there long enough. There up. long enough yeah. to go. Okay. You were born there long enough. I've
1: I was I've got a midwestern kind of look. You do. I do, and yeah. it's because I you know the the hearty midwestern stock that I got. But
0: you've been west. Coast my my forever, grandfather
1: right? North Dakota. My dad was born in North Dakota. My mom some other state.
0: Did you ever live in so, Chicago? No. Okay. Never. That's just a key point for you.
1: No, I yeah, I mean I got my first Marvel gig when I was at the Chicago convention. Gary Carlson, he was doing that Megaton comic, right. which was my first kind of professional gig. He he was out of the Chicago area, so it was sort of like well, it was a second city. I I was kind of, you know, we had New York Right. Every character's in New York. Let me have a character who's not in New York. And my Chicago looks absolutely nothing like Chicago. It is not referenced <laughs> ever. It's like you go to Chicago and you go, wow, based on Savage Dragon, I thought there would be a million tall buildings here <laughs> and no rivers. And as it turns out, there was like six tall buildings and like a million rivers. What the hell, man? It's like, oh, well, there you go. Pick a city, You go. With yeah, it. you know, you do. It's like you don't go and look in a Jack Kirby comic and go, where's this building? The one with six different sized windows on it and bricks that are put in here in random order. Like, where's that one? I've been looking for it. It's right next to this one here shaped like a fucking triangle. Where is that? Cartoon. No, it doesn't exist. None Cartooning of them do. is the best. <laughs> it is. It doesn't matter, you know? And I think the problem with the way some artists approach their stuff is that they think that a lot of the stuff matters that much. You know, to a 12 year old, they're reading a comic book. It's like, Oh look, he's got a gun. You don't need to, it doesn't have to be a specific real gun. You don't have to have all the nuts and bolts and rivets and everything in the exact place that they are on an actual gun. All you need to know is that it's a gun. You know, in a Jack Kirby comic, you have to, Imagine that that pack of weenies over there is a fist. You know, it just—it it barely resembles anything that's on any human being. You know, none of the people look like real people. None of the buildings look like real buildings. It's just an approximation. This is the world. Go with it. You know, and sure. that's fine. Sure, it's called cartooning. You know, and you just make shit up, and it's like there you go, preaching to the choir. Yeah. Know? Well, I'm that's that's me. I'm Unfortunately,
0: a, I'm... The, the current audience in that church really loves to know what kind of gun it yeah, is. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, I want to know how that
0: and how. <laughs> I mean, we had a uh, conversation at Seattle last year. It was like just naming guys who are seen as legends who probably would not get work now. Yeah. Or not for their, you know, Mignola, uh, Simonson. Like, you probably wouldn't get work. No. It's weird.
1: Yeah, no, because cause it's like Bruce oh, Tim
0: probably wouldn't yeah, get no, work. Yeah, no, you
1: just look at it and you go, what the... You you mean you're not putting a seam down the middle of Wolverine's base? What the hell?
0: But as a guy who's been doing this for so long and has seen and and the market has essentially changed around you because you've secluded, you've essentially sequestered yourself yeah into your world where you get to do what you want, and the market has changed pretty dramatically in twenty years. Like, do you feel do you feel a little Rip Van Winkle where you go what what the, what <laughs> what the hell is going?
1: Well, there's little bits and pieces of stuff that still pokes through because you still get occasionally you know some guy who's doing something kind of wacky and you go how is it that this is still allowed
0: but even using dragon as an example you know a lot of guys started reading it in 92 now yeah. and have been reading it ever since do mm-hmm. you find and they were you know they were 15 at the time
1: <laughs> now they're 36 yeah so, <laughs> so, the question, so like
0: do you do you, do well, you hear from 15 year olds ever like the book is essentially no, you, yeah, no, there is, you, there, there, are is good.
1: there are, there, there will be people going. I've never written to a comic before, but I just started reading this, and I've i started reading with issue 180, right? You know, and it just it's
0: that's got to be great. That's it caught great. my <laughs> eye, and it was I don't know what about it, but is there are there trades of this? No, they're not. You're but fucked. Like, but as <laughs> a guy who's essentially writing a comic that, if I can simplify it, it's like almost like a like a love letter to your 15 year old self. There's gotta no. be again, whereas maybe maybe the numbers aren't what they want, but they have to touch you in some way like somebody's fine like they not know. It's,
1: the, the, really, The cool thing about it is that the people who are into it are so into it. Yeah. You know, that they're like they're 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 rabid, you know? They like they're they're they know the stuff better than I do. I've got a guy who's my I'm calling my editor now gavin and he just knows this stuff back and forth and i'll and i'll you know email him and go i need six villains here <laughs> who's alive <laughs> you know and it's like well are they get, is, are they gonna get beat up by angel <laughs> it's like yeah okay then you know because i you they can't be too formidable because you know she's gonna kick the shit out of them you don't want to establish somebody as being a a one-punch guy sure you know who's already gone down with one pint so I can have them fill those roles? And it's like, there you go.
0: Do you feel how your work has, has sort of extended out? Like Jim Demonakos now runs Emerald City Comic Con. He's got comic stores. Yeah. Like early on, he was like, hey, I want to make your website. Yeah. Was it even that? Or was he just like, he made, he made website. a, he made a and website. And you said, like, that website's cool. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. work on this.
1: Yeah, I just kind of contacted him out of the blue. Or just Chris like.
0: Girusso in the Marvel bullpen drawing a giant door-sized poster for you. <laughs> that was really that was that
1: was cool and then i showed up it's like here would you like to take this would you like to take this car door on an airplane home with you it's like how would i even get this home it's impossible this doesn't fit in the in my luggage doesn't
0: fit in the overhead compartment there's no place this can go or, or even you know guys like ryan otley or jason howard we sit around at conventions and stuff and it's you clearly your, your influence has reached. Does that register as you like awesome, or are you like I'm an old, I'm an old, I'm an old man in this thing now? Again, Rip Van winkle. Dude. Yeah. Like which which way does it go, or does it a little bit of column A and column B? It's a little
1: column A, column B. The the thing about just aging in general is, I don't think you ever, at least for me anyway, I, you, there's never any part where you go, I really feel different now. Sure. You know. Yeah, so yeah. you, in a, in a way, you you still, when you go up and talk to the pretty girl, you're 15 again, you know. And it's just like, holy, holy crap, you know. I, why can't I spit out three consecutive words that form some kind of a sentence? What's wrong with me? You know. And it's like that, always. I don't, you know. I never. When I'm sitting down at the drawing board, I'm not sitting there going, I can't believe. How many fucking pages I drawn, You know,
0: you're not and, that Dunkin' Donuts commercial trying to make the donuts. Do they have that out here? On the uh, West Coast? No, oh, forget it. <laughs> well, it's like you know, you can see that
1: there's there's a fair amount of pages that I've done. Yeah. If you sit there and you go, I'm gonna sit down now and I'm gonna draw six thousand pages. That is, you can't, you can't, you do can't it. even <laughs> wrap your brain around it. It's so, it's such a huge number that it's just. I, I didn't even know where to start. that's way more than it's even conceivable that I can do yeah. but if you're you're sitting there going a page at a time, I, I can do that. I can do one issue, twenty pages. I can do that sure, you know, but even even when even when I would do like a forty eight page issue it would be like Oh, 48 pages.
0: oh my god. How am I going to? I feel like that might be that might be a sign oh. of of just being a little bit older because I know when I started doing comics, it's like, oh, you, there was one issue, there's the last issue of What If? It was 26 pages, no ads, and I was like, let's do it. I had a day job at the time. Yeah. I'm like, let's go. And, no, and, but it, it but it's like it, there's something about
1: now. it's not that it's it. it, it how do I really put this? I don't know. Because <laughs> there's something about when I, I you're say, when you're I doing when you're doing way. the book and you get over the hump. You know, it's like you know, you, it's like I got ten pages under my belt. It's all yeah. downhill from here. Sure. You know, sure. here it is. I'm over that. And when you're doing a longer book, suddenly it's like I'm the not. Hump I'm the away. hump is farther away. <laughs> it's like oh my god.
0: I actually feel well, that way when I edit these podcasts. If it's like an hour, when I get to about forty-five minutes of editing, I go here we go. It's the last fifteen, I'll edit this quick and we'll be done. And then when I do, record, you, ha- do you have a prescribed length that you are like, I need, I, I want this amount of time. I try to make the conversations about an hour long. This one is over an hour. I oh. talked to Richard Starkey for two and a half hours. Oh. with that one, the hump is so far away <laughs> <laughs> that that editing it will be cha- will not well, be well, challenging. But, but, be but why wouldn't
1: you just go? Hey, here's the whole thing. Don't worry about
0: it. I like to make it sound better. Uh, I take out ums and uhs and weird pauses and. and...
1: I'm all about the ums and uhs and weird pauses, though.
0: <laughs> if you want, I'll See, put this I, thing out raw.
1: I, yeah, I'm, I'm all about the raw, man. You I'm are all about. I am. I like that it just is kind of freeform and and crazy and It'll doesn't really free like form. what the hell, man.
0: It'll still be freeform, <laughs> but it actually leads to a nice segue. All
1: right, all right. I'm looking forward to this. Okay.
0: This has less to do with comics. Okay. And more to do with how we compose ourselves in the world of comics. Uh, you are nothing if not outspoken. I have
1: no filter. <laughs> about... it, I, I, somebody took the filter out at some point, and it just, I don't know where they put it.
0: We talked about this a little bit before, that uh, you were a troublemaker. You've, you've seen, whether it's on Twitter or even before Twitter, we mentioned the name withheld stuff. Yeah, you know, withheld, but I,
1: I actually am. am... This is holding back. Let me just put it that. You know, what, what you read online and okay. what you read over, that's holding back. Sure. I'm just saying <laughs> some stuff gets by, but there's a lot of shit behind that damn. But even you
0: behind, even behind the, the public persona, you do things that most people would never come close to doing. You'll call out other creators by name. Yeah. You'll critique that, others. That,
1: that a, that's, a, that's, that's always bad form. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's
0: that's just like what the hell? Like what? So okay, so you acknowledge Uh, it's bad form. Yeah, no, I know it. How do you not? How do you not stop yourself? You're a man who has some control. How can I not stop myself? (laughs) Yeah, like how do you? No, I do. That is restrained.
1: It's sort of like this is what I want to say. Is this other thing way beyond there? I'm going to back way the fuck off of that, and I'm just going to give you this little. Little something here. Do you think I try not to rip on guys who are actually actively trying to get work, you know. I, and I don't pick on the little guy that was that like, "Oh, this guy is barely breaking in. Fuck, he can't hold a pencil to save his life." Do you, I mean, really? I, you don't want to do that. That's like this poor guy. He's he's, he's got potential. He could get better. I don't pick on that guy. Sure.
0: Well, so it goes to two things. One is, uh, do you think?
1: And also, and i want to put yeah, this out. Please do. I like to think that my criticisms are constructive. I don't. So when I say, when I would critique something where I go, you know, when I was a kid, I was a big fan of this guy. He used to do this, 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 and this. He's not doing that anymore. I'm not quite as into it as I used to be. Sure. In a way, you if you're that guy and going, oh man, you know, uh, there's maybe there's something here. You know, because Mark Bagley at some point took me aside and told me when I first met him that he wanted to punch me. (laughs) And I was like, why in the world? What's going on? And it's like, because you launched into this critique of my work right there on the spot and told me a bunch of stuff. I barely met you. I didn't know you. Sure. And you're you're just laying it on the line, just telling me all this stuff. And it was just, I was getting pissed off. Sure. And but he didn't punch me, as it turns out. And then later on, he was like, you know, he thought about it, and he was like, you know what, you're right. Everything you said, all the reasons that I that I <clears throat> at that point wasn't really getting work. Right. Was was ex- exact reasons that you were saying that is that. You know all his all his shots were tiny and it was, everything was all pulled back and and he's showing the full figure all the time and it you know his page looked like a stamp collection. it didn't look like a series of panels that were telling a story that he really needed to you know punch some panels out more and pull back more and and just vary the size of the figures on a page more yeah and it's like there's there's stuff that he needed to do that he got around to doing and his pages got more visually interesting than they had been beforehand, but I'm sitting there telling him, but at least I didn't fucking put that on the internet. Well
0: that's, that's the thing that so like, <laughs> you know, yeah, I I mean that is...
1: that's the difference as I'm not laying into the guy right in public. I'm just laying telling him like right. taking him aside and saying, Oh, by the way,
0: you know Yeah, you have you have a reputation for at conventions where people show you work. You are you're brutally honest. You do not hold back. You're not you're not there to, to uh, cushion any blows. Well these guys are trying to get an assignment it's like
1: if you're actually trying to get work you the last thing you need the problem with with everybody trying to get work is they're surrounded by idiots you know i mean your whole support system are people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about you know it's like doing a high school play in Kandu, North Dakota, and them going, you're just as good as a Broadway play. And you walk out of there going, hey, we're just as good as a Broadway play. Yeah. It's like bullshit. You don't know. You're That's a farmer. He doesn't know anything. He's never left his house. He's never seen a Broadway play. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. You know, your your mom, you may draw the best in your block or the best in your school, the best in your neighborhood, but when you step out of that little arena and into the big world of, of comics are you one of the best 200 cartoonists on the planet well, it's
0: like the high That's school like baseball like, whole, goes to yeah. college ball
1: yeah, yeah. it's like so you find out really quick oh shit i'm i'm not as good as i thought i would but you need that person to say to you look man let me let me talk you off that ledge cuz you're you're thinking you're this and you're not that
0: No, one of the the great thrills of my my amateur career was – I think I've talked about this before. I took Will Eisner's eight-week course. He would teach teach in Florida. I went to this thing, and first day, you brought pages in. Like having him tear those pages apart – was the best. It was like the greatest <laughs> thing. That like was over the moon. And you know, you would think he, he literally just tore the pages apart. I can't follow. He this. didn't literally, he he didn't,
1: was... figuratively.
0: Yeah, yeah. Did I say literally? Yeah. You said
1: literally. Ooh. If he did that, that would be bad news. That would
0: be like, I
1: oh, that tried... was gonna work. On... Oh,
0: God. Tried. Yeah. You figuratively tore, tore the pages apart. Thank you. See, I could take criticism. <laughs> I'm just <saying. laughs> But he, you know, he, he literally
1: he, tore me a new yeah. asshole. <laughs> R- literally, I had I I didn't have one before
0: then. Was, I needed one, so it was actually a great relief. But, well, but he yeah. tore me. But it was it was incredible to have somebody that wasn't my art teacher or one of my peers show me what I was doing wrong. Yeah, and the fact that it was Will Eisner didn't hurt. Yeah, but there you go. You know, it. Anybody... I went I went
1: up to a college at one point. I was probably twenty, nineteen, twenty, whatever. Sure. And I brought my work up to this college, and they were a friend was taking a class, and I brought my work in, and I showed it to the teacher, and the teacher looked at it, and he said, "There is nothing I can teach you." And I was like, <laughs> "Well, this is, this is no help at all." But it was like I was at that point a better cartoonist than or better artist than the teacher was, and it was, was this, like now was this an art teacher? No, he was. He oh, was yeah. an art teacher, but like there's always teacher. like. But there, the, a lot of people who end up in those kinds of. Yeah. Sometimes the well, people who ends up in those jobs are people who you know. There's the cliche. conceptual art yeah. or, or different kinds of stuff, and it's like, it's it's not always
0: there. I thought the kicker was it would be like a statistics teacher. <laughs> statistics teacher. You're like, what do you think of this? Awesome. <laughs> like there's nothing I can teach you. Yeah. Right? There's
1: nothing I can teach.
0: you. I'm sorry, but this is not crochet. What know. Yeah, I, I that's what I know, stats, bro. So that's on the on a you know critique side or portfolios or you yeah. having a one on one with someone. Yeah. But there are certainly occasions where on the internet, you ruffle feathers. It's happened. Do you feel a backlash from that? Like, do you think that that affects? Do you think that affects people's opinion of you, and therefore maybe don't go to your book because maybe. they don't like you? Maybe it does. <laughs> do you like? How does all that stuff filter? Before, what, before, what is
1: really weird to me is this mindset. When people go, how can you criticize that artist? You're not one tenth as good as that artist. And this is coming from a guy who can't draw at all. Well, so it's, it's like, wait a minute, you're just criticizing me. You have judged me against them as though you know better. And you're not a professional. You don't even you don't even do anything. You were like you live in your mom's basement. You're, you're well, that's, that's you know, whatever. You that's, don't yeah. have any. You don't have that. That's, At least I'm informed enough to know that that Kai doesn't know how to draw hands or
0: whatever. Sure. But that that's that's going to be fans are going to have their opinions. That you can't. I mean, the second you go down that road, yeah. you're doomed. Yeah. But also, there's there's certainly and and part of it is because you were an image founder, and there's an instant linking of you to the other image founders whether it's Todd or Rob or whoever. and That is so unfair. Well, well
1: that's, that's to some degree.
0: To a certain degree. Yeah. And then by virtue of that, when there is some sort of, say, public meltdown or some sort of <laughs> display of less than savvy professional behavior, you get thrown into that. To, or sometimes you chime in yeah. and are part of the mix, whether well, you intended to or not. What
1: can I say? I don't know. I don't know what to, how do I respond to that other than yeah, go me. I'm just, I'm just curious if there's like a party. I, that goes I like, don't, oh. you know what? I, I, don't, I, I don't read it and I don't give a shit. You know, I don't care. It that's, just doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't matter to me. You know. That's I, fair. I, I, I've 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 moved into uh, the house I want to live in for the rest of my life. I'm 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 married. I've got two beautiful children i don't i don't need that anymore you know it's just like i don't care if all of this goes away and if 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 all the comic book stuff suddenly dried up tomorrow and and i was like left wandering the streets of san francisco that's a fucking wonderful life you know i I would just be like so i don't have to do that anymore well kick ass you join all the other hobos. <laughs> I'm I'm fine, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. I'm not sitting there. I'm going to be bum and change or whatever. But I'm just saying, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. I don't I don't need this. You do uh,
0: you do because you like doing it. I do it because I enjoy it. Yeah, which is, should all be so lucky.
1: It's nice to be able to do something you enjoy,
0: and people like what you do. Some. Not I all. I didn't put a number in front of it. No, that. I, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> what else you got? I think that I think yeah. I think that might be the 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 most of it. Is that something I didn't cover? What do you want to talk about?
1: Huh?
0: Anything you want to talk about?
1: Yeah. What?
0: Just asking. I mean,
1: I don't know. Yeah, it's always weird because there's always questions you're asked in real life, you know? By regular people, they're like, so what are you reading?
0: Yeah, I hate asking those questions.
1: You know? Because then it puts you on the spot, too. It's like, wow, what if I'm not reading anything? And I think most people in the industry don't read jack shit.
0: Or they read a lot less than you think they would. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was thinking there'd be more nuts and bolts stuff. Okay. You know? I don't know. You, when I say nuts and bolts, you're immediately supposed to go, oh, I know what you mean.
0: Well, I mean, we talked a little bit about, like, I was trying to understand how your style came to be. That's sort oh, of nuts right. and bolts. Yeah, that's some my... right. But, you, you know, and it's, it's a hodgepodge, which is uh, yeah. Yeah. Nuts, nuts that's bolts. That's, and... that's, that's more more
1: probably nuts than bolts, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, we don't and then, and then we then we want to get too much into the bolts.
0: Your, your, your writing <laughs> process is uh, it's like a free-for-all. Feels that way. It's uh, there's there's a little more
1: structure there than you. Might so what put.
0: are okay? So so let's <clears throat> let's nuts and bolts some of this stuff. Let's
1: get well, some nuts. A little right. More bolts. Now now when you put these things in, do you put? Do you move? Do you sometimes, move stuff? Sometimes I do. Or is it like this is it's it's in the sequence it's in.
0: Sometimes I move stuff depending on how it fits, but I like the fact that this is coming <clears> up at an at like a calling out of my not covering it. <laughs> so I may just leave it at this and <laughs> see, see how it shakes out. <laughs> see, I do editing, but I leave in some of the, the foibles. The, the fo- yeah, because yeah. I
1: think the foibles are enjoyable.
0: All right. Here's a nuts and bolts question. All right, I'm good. I'm ready. We'll okay, see.
1: I'm good. I'm, I'm here.
0: You're writing on the boards. No. You're not? No. I thought you were. I thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> on. You can't, you
1: can't no, it. no. You know how Stan and Jack would work. Where, where, where?
0: I know they, how they they were.
1: they they have their conversation. Yeah. Jack goes home and he draws his story and he puts little liner notes on the yeah. side and then he gives to Stan and Stan comes in and he, and he writes the script. Yeah, that's how I work.
0: Okay, so the conversation you have, the
1: conversation is, you is, is is in my brain. Okay, so
0: you never write anything down. Uh,
1: occasionally, there'll be a one through twenty, and it'll just be you know this happens on page one, this two, 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 two. because you know you want to make sure that when you get to page twenty that it's the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and in terms of the way I work, you know, I want every page to to end, especially right-handed pages. I want it to be a cliffhanger. And I'm very aware of the, the the comic page as a comic page. You know, when you flip the page, and the red skull is in the lower right hand corner of the right hand page, your your eye immediately goes, "Oh, the red skull's over there." Yeah. You know, and when you're watching a movie, there's you never get to see three scenes ahead. Yeah, you're just you you have to take it in the order in which it's presented. In comics, when you flip the page, you see. Everything. Yeah. <clears throat> so unless you have complete eye control, and, 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 and nobody, nobody does, does in the way that nobody does. Yeah. So as a guy writing a story, I am I really I I take that into consideration all the time. So
0: you're seeing you're you're getting a rough visual in your mind of what the page is going to look like. Yeah. Well, you don't have to thumbnail it out to like actually on paper.
1: No. Okay. Well, my thumbnails are are on the page, and then there'll be occasional times I'll go oh, uh, that's not working, and I don't use that page all the time. Sure. I would say every issue that you see, I've probably drawn 30 pages. But right. they're very rough. Right, right. So You know, like this, process, like this morning, you know, sitting in the coffee shop, I drew seven pages, which is like, wow, that's a lot of pages. I'm like, yeah, but you can't ink them. you know I'm just saying if I'm handing him to you you're going to go what is that is that a guy or is it a bag of garbage what the hell like a
0: word police would say you scribbled seven pages yeah Yeah. you kind of you
1: know there's, there's enough there that I there's enough visual information that I can tell what the hell's going on yeah you know and I've drawn as many as 30 pages on a stretch where you just sit down and go "All right, boom
0: and then how aside from the books you're doing that you have an established sort of panel structure that you're you're fiddling with mm. how instinctive are your panel shapes and layout and that kind of thing. Like, you know, there's a big tall panel or whatever is that you just, you just know what it's going to be as you start dropping it. Or do you sit and go, I want to.
1: Yeah. It depends on the issue. And... Depends on the issue. And it depends on, on a lot of things. And I, and I'm always thinking left hand, right hand yeah. at the same time. So I'm, I'm aware because the, the, you know, there's some things that people don't think about that much that I try to think about because if you're drawing a full bleed book, you know the drawing's going out to the very edge of the paper yeah. on side. Well, it's bleeding off on the left-hand side and it's bleeding off on the right-hand side. What can happen if you have similar panel layouts on, on the left and right-hand side is your brain will see that and go, oh, that's a double page spread. I'm going to read these panels across. That happens all the time, yeah. Uh, You know, it's like, oh, this is, it's one thing. You know, and especially if you're bleeding things, I'm bleeding this at the top of this page and I'm bleeding something at the bottom of this page. My brain sees this as being a double page spread. Yeah. So I'm really aware of that shit. And so I'm constantly, if I got something bleeding on the top of the left hand page, Nothing's bleeding at the top of the right-hand page. It's it's just on the bottom. So I never have that, unless accidental. Yeah, yeah, accidental double page spread. Unless I want it to be a double page spread. In that case, it's it's really obvious that you're reading over. You know,
0: sure that that sort of files in, in a similar vein to tangents. Yeah, you know, making sure things <clears> don't like a finger doesn't touch the panel yeah. border. Yeah, man, like holding Fuck. up the panel border. And
1: God. <laughs> No, there's 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 all sorts of tangent stuff. I did I did one really really early on when I was like in 5th grade just drawing my own comics and it was, you know, a shot where there was a where there's a, a wide panel and Dragon's head was in in gee, just from the neck up is in one panel and then the other panel, you know, the, the, and the other side he's facing some other the villain and then the villain in the next Panel is taking a swing at him, and dragons jumping up out of the way, and dragons' ankles line up exactly with his neck in the in the previous panel, and you end up with this tiny little dwarf thing like that's just doll. floating a <laughs> little troll doll, and it's like, oh my god, this is so ridiculous, and and that's kind of where I really started to become aware. Oh, you guys, you really need to be careful with this because this is. This looks awful. <laughs> it looks ridiculous, and and then it, you know you just became oh I need to when things like this happen I need to move this or Do yeah. you, you make some kind of adjustment and so I'm I'm very aware of of tangents and very aware of just a lot of the different things that go into the comics you know like I got to make sure that my, that when you're reading the panels that your eye is going to the next panel. So things in panel one point to panel two and things in panel two point to panel three and, and on down the page. It's interesting,
0: cause one of the things I noticed in books of yours I've read is you'll do a thing that I always just was taught and understood is like, you don't never stack panels on the left. Like that's a rule that you yeah. sort of get taught. You don't cause your eye reads left to right. Yeah. And if you're stacking on the left, you, you don't always go that way. But you, you can place your lettering yeah. in such a way you, <clears> that your eye goes down and then you bounce back up. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a, a little tricky to do it, but it helps when you're writing and drawing your own kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can,
1: yeah, you can do really it.
0: create a, <clears throat> yeah. a layout that works.
1: Yeah. But you, to, uh, yeah, you can't do it otherwise. <laughs> you have to – and you, what you don't want is you don't want there to be little hands or arrows. I never want to have a, a, yeah. a page where there's an arrow pointed to the next panel. You know, I the just.
0: Best is in those '60s I, books, where they do it, and it's clear where you're supposed to go, and they just I mean, still put an arrow. it's an arrow like, I didn't need that. Like, <laughs> this is pretty obvious. Think like, what's happening here.
1: I should do that like a regular, <laughs> six regular four, Yeah. It's like, then you get the diagonal panel. It's <laughs> leading you back to panel three.
0: Yeah. It's like what.
1: <laughs> I didn't need this at all. This I feel is like I've seen the it, like, only
0: way to possibly read this. I feel like it seen like in an Archie book, which is one of like the most cl- like clarity is <laughs> top top of the list of Archie. Is like make everything look the same and easy to read. Go. You oh, should yeah. never need an arrow in an Archie book, but they pop up every now and again. But yeah, when you're writing and drawing your own comic, yeah, you can you choose can, the balloons and everything can, where it all goes. Yep. There's a lot more control of the of the story obviously and and how the reader reads that story
1: yeah yeah and so I mean yeah if you're doing a stack on the left the only way to do that is to have there be some element that's that's carrying you down yeah and and having the lettering and and balloons that's that's the easiest way of doing that because like I'm already into reading this oh it's led me directly into this panel which is leading directly into the next.
0: Now, do you ever worry when you do something like that? This is like almost the definitive idea of nuts and bolts. If you're bringing somebody down to the bottom of your page, they're going to see the bottom right side of that page. Yeah. You must, I mean, is there, are you only doing left stack panels on the left facing page so there's never the cliffhanger on the bottom right that you're going to tra- you're gonna take them to and then make them have to go back to the top <laughs> and, and, and reach it? Uh,
1: well, I don't do two stacks.
0: No, but, well, so the next panel would just be a big tall panel?
1: Usually, yeah. Usually it'll be, it'll be like a stack on the left and then straight, straight.
0: You wouldn't do four on the left, two on the right?
1: Oh, I don't want to make that it any more. Like, <laughs> it, it's trouble. just, it, yeah, I mean, at a certain point it does it does, it does does really get to be trouble where, you, where you're just, you don't want to be leading people all over the place and they don't, don't know where to go with it but all. But
0: you, you sort of want somebody to be reading the comic and not notice all those things. Yeah. Like I'm noticing them because I'm reading them critically. I'm seeing what you're doing, and I'm paying attention to yeah. how you're laying the page out. But in theory, somebody probably you almost don't want them to see the sound effects, right? You kind of want them to see them without.
1: Yeah, you just kind of want them to them them. hear them without. What's that? <laughs> you want them to hear them. Well,
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's what I mean. Like you want them to be part of the scene and not yeah. this like weird obstruction that that gets in the way. Same yeah. thing with panel borders. Yeah. Right. You don't want them to unless they're creating an effect in the story, a well, rougher panel border or whatever. Well,
1: there's, a, I mean, there's a lot of things to go into it. It's like characters that are breaking the panel borders. You know, I've had those kind of discussions with people where, you know, I had I had an editor who was telling people, don't have them break the panel borders. You don't go to a movie and see Tom Hanks sticking his hand out the side of a – it's like, well, that's a physical imitation of that. You can't do it. If they could well, make him do it, damn right they'd do it, but they can't, so – You know, they're screwed.
0: The comparison of of comics to filmed stuff is constantly exhausting.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, because there's so much stuff we can't do in comics. You know, he nods his head. How? How do we make him nod his head?
0: But then by extension of that, they take all the, you know, they, Uh in a wider sense, will take away the things that make comics awesome or or specific. Yeah. Because they don't have, you know, thought balloons, sound effects. Yeah. You know, goofy, goofy sound effects you know every well
1: even narration it's to the point where it's like narration boxes because somebody at some point said i don't read the narration boxes it's it's quicker to read through this comic without narration boxes so then somebody is like oh this guy in this letter column (laughs) said he didn't read narration boxes that means the entire audience doesn't let's never use narration boxes and i have talked
0: about before i love just a simple location tell me where i am Yeah, Like, if the establishing shot isn't doing it, and it doesn't always... Yeah, tell me where I'm at. Because if it all takes place in a city, I don't know what time or place this is. But there's also...
1: I mean, we have access to Thought Balloons, and Thought Balloons used, used well can be really great. They're awesome. You know, especially if somebody is fucking lying, you know, (laughs) how else do you, sow that other than them sitting there with a goddamn Joker grin on their face while they're saying, yes, I love you, Mary Jane, big grin. It's like, what are you grinning about? You idiot. You know, I mean, if you've got a thought balloon where he's got this internal monologue, I'm going to tell her this because I know that she loves vanilla ice cream. (laughs) You know, you can do that in in the course of thought balloons and have there be really mischievous shit going on. I mean, the first time I used them in Savage Dragon and I hadn't for longest time, I didn't use them at all, was when Barbaric and Ricochet were getting married. And basically everybody was thinking in their heads, this is not going anywhere. You are doomed, you know, and they're saying congratulations. But how do you show that otherwise? How could you possibly the convey that otherwise? The only way I can do
0: that is with a narrative box saying, and the crowd lies to them, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Because that would happen in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> like that kind of like, oh, voiceover would be terrible. Yeah, oh, like yeah. You kind of need, at that point, thought balloons are not only the best tool for that. Yeah. To create that kind of what a, what a theater person might call dramatic irony. Yeah. Right? I think that's I mean, well,
1: well how, do you, how do you do that in a movie? How can... There's... Just, we can do stuff that can't be done in the movies. I think the only way to and do it so, is with
0: the voiceover, which most people yeah. say is a cheat. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, you know,
1: that whole that whole comparing film to, film to comics thing. It's like, there's this whole bunch of stuff we, we don't have. We don't have movement. We don't have, you know, we don't have sound. that range of facial expressions that you can get. Right. You know, and sound and... and all sorts of music that you can build a mood. You know, something can really surprise you in a movie. That there's, how do you get somebody to jump out of their chair <laughs> reading a comic book? I flipped the page and, oh my God, I just lost my shit. I spilled my coffee because Green Goblin showed up. You can't it was have such a rise, surprise.
0: Like, wash his face in the mirror and then look up and there's a zombie behind them and, and be shocked in a comic. Yeah. It doesn't have the same. Yeah.
1: You can't do it. So. But.
0: With a comic, you can change the shape of the screen.
1: Yeah. Which they did in American Graffiti 2. And that's about it. You know, they did a little bit in that wretched Angley Hulk movie. I was going to say that. And it movie. Was, like, I was like, really? Because you're going to have, because that's what comics have. They have six panels on a page moving all at the same time I feel like, with separate things going on. I feel
0: like American Splendor did a nice job. I yeah. never saw that. Yeah, I did. I think they. I felt like they did a nice job of recognizing that comics have a visual language yeah. and it's, you know, it's translated for film, but they did stuff.
1: Yeah. there was something in there. Yeah. It was something. But I mean, yeah. I mean, but in, in terms of, of uh, again, getting back to characters breaking the panel borders, yeah. I go, I can do that. That's one of the tools that I have, but I set up rules. So I go, I treat the, if I'm going to have them breaking the panel borders, I treat the, panel border itself as though it is a window frame okay somebody can come through the window but you don't have a background element breaking out of the window at the same time that you know so it's like if you if you had something that's supposed to be in the background and it's breaking the the panel border and something in the foreground not breaking the panel border oh that's like like, i'll see that all the time where there'll be a piece of a face on the on the left hand side and then there'll be the Hulk jumping at him, and his fists out, and it's out of the panel border. And I look at it, and and to me visually, it registers as the Hulk just got really tiny, and he's jumping by this guy who's
0: in the background. Well, that's—I mean—at that point, you're messing with planes. Yeah, and it becomes—it's. I think I saw you and other people talking about it online. The Action Comics number one cover. Where like things are coming and going, and like all the planes are screwed, screwed <laughs> They're just, up. It's totally screwed up. Yeah. Like he's
1: bashing a car on a hill in the background. It's like, This doesn't work at all.
0: And I, it, it didn't even dawn on me for
1: years yeah. that, that it didn't work. In and this,
0: that, it happens in really subtle ways too. Sometimes where somebody will draw. I've seen this a lot. An arm foreshortened backwards, but they do that the curve of the glove the wrong. Yeah. Like just in the wrong direction. Yeah. They're just like. This whole thing this is shot. This doesn't work. <laughs> like this no matter doesn't... how well the arm is drawn, if you curve... Yeah. Or Spider-Man's... Uh, the rings on his fingers, on his gloves. Yeah. If they're curving the wrong way, or any of his costume. Yeah. Like, it all... There's a pattern to it. And if you break that pattern, you break the the, the plane. It just...
1: Yeah, the, what Ditko used to do with his the webs on Spider-Man, which I, I did when I was doing Spider-Man eventually, I didn't catch it immediately, was that he would have the webs... He would use them to define that shape, and he would have the webs actually bow away from you. So to def- define the shape as it was going away from you, it would be pointing in that direction. Okay. Whereas when Ramita took it over, he did actually the reverse of that. So that the webs were, uh, there was always coming towards you. It's like, it's hard to even act- articulate
0: what the hell I'm yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah, I mean, I know the Ramita way because it, it became the standard way, which but, is, it but, all comes but, from the point between his eyes. Well, it
1: does it does that, but I almost want to draw it, but I can't. It, it's not going to translate into. a...
0: I know, but I'll I'll scan the drawing and it'll be uh, <laughs> it'll be relevant. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like because Ditko would do it where all right, I'm going to describe what's happening. So so, so D-
1: Ditko would like say the webbing is going like this, which is how it comes because that's the way it's coming from the yeah. middle of his mask. What Ditko would do if his arms were seating, so he would switch it like that. So suddenly the the webs are going the opposite direction that they were just going, and it would make the shoulder. It would give the Shit, shoulder kind shaped. of a three dimensional look sure. to it. And and then as they would go away from you, they would go this direction, and then and then when they when it rounded that corner and suddenly it's coming the opposite way, again it's 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 suddenly going the, the other direction that it was just going right. right and it and it and he would change it all the damn time and it would be like what the it's funny because what the and he would have two different boots and if you would compare the boot you know one boot's coming towards you and and the the webs would be pointing up and the other boot's going away from you and the webs would be pointing down <laughs> and you go wait a minute, those don't even those are completely different kind of boots what the hell is going on here but- and it's and he was just using it as a graphic device what's funny to define it, those shapes.
0: It it makes some degree of sense. Because I know when I've drawn Mysterio, who is essentially the same thing but it's all straight lines, yeah. I do that. I bow it to create the form over the shoulder, but I don't do it with Spider Man. Yeah. Spider Man, I follow the Romita pattern of that's how the webs go. Yeah. Although I think you could you could tweak it a little on the shoulders, you could space
1: yeah, you can space it out more, in. but he would actually have the, have the entire web change direction depending on which way the. Steve
0: Ditko's a trippy dude. The,
1: I mean, and it and it looks it looks kind of right. It and it it defines That's the right shape. everything
0: Steve Ditko draws looks. Yeah, I mean, his stuff is flayed and weird.
1: Yeah, no, I, I love it. I, when I was doing <laughs> Spider Man, man, I I had that stuff out all the time.
0: So you did have. Uh, I, did for, I did for I
1: did for Spider Man because I was like. Well, what would happen is, is with a lot of the characters... Wait, you're saying you weren't just ripping off Todd? <laughs> I was ripping off Steve Ditko a lot. I was <laughs> that havi- was a joke. Heavily, heavily ripping off. But a lot of what I was trying to do in, when I was doing Spider-Man was to, to look at what those characters used
0: to look like
1: and try and get back to that. Because sure. some of them had like very specific faces when they first started out.
0: Craven had a really specific look. I drew him fairly recently, and
1: well, it's like the rhino's face. His his eyes were really far away from each other and really <laughs> tiny and weird. And he had like eight hundred bags under each of them. And you just look at him and go, that is a weird face. And when uh like Hammerhead first showed up, his his nose was a literal tr- rectangle. It was like there's no nostrils, there's no nothing. It's just a a rectangle sitting on this guy's face. Yeah. What the hell, man? You know, so. So I was doing that. I was like, when I'm drawing the vulture, I would go, "Well, what, what was he drawing the vulture like?" And it's like, no chin at all. Just, just this round little bulb of a sure. chin, and you know, very understated chin. And then you know, Doctor Octopus, he had, had a very
0: double chin, d- different, different kind of yeah. yeah. There's a
1: whole kind of different face, and just trying to find the individual faces in that. You know, it's Flash Thompson went from a guy who had curly hair in the Ditko stuff to be to having the Steve Rogers comb over later on. And it just, from one artist to the next to the next, pretty soon he was just a guy who's, whose hair was combed over to one side. And it's like he had kind of a distinctive look at one point, and then he completely lost that just because it had been handed down from one guy to another for 30 years.
0: You just brought up a ridiculous question, which is sort of connected, but not really. When you were drawing Mary Jane yes. and then women you're drawing in dragon, just so much hair, <laughs> <laughs> like so much hair. It's a pit. I mean, I, I look at it and go like, Oh, why would you want to draw that? Like, why would not you give everybody like a manageable hairdo? <laughs> like why are you giving yourself that much? Work? I
1: don't know. It just, it's, it was never that the consideration was never how much work is this going to be, but how, how, will this look, will this look good or will it look cool? Right. And I think at that point having (laughs) gigantic (laughs) heads of hair was, was cool at this point. Like when people,
0: the early nineties
1: was big hair period. When people asked me to draw Mary Jane, you know, just at a convention or something and just do a head start. I always draw the to Mary Jane now. <laughs> the bangs and the straight yeah, hair. Yeah, the bangs and the straight hair. And it doesn't even occur to me that, oh, yeah, I never drew her like this ever. She when, doesn't look like this at all.
0: When you hand that drawing to someone. Uh, do they just, are they, they crestfallen? Yeah.
1: I, I don't know. I don't really ask them. I don't really go, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> what I just did there is fucked up. <laughs> Sorry.
0: So it just goes to what we talked about almost at the very beginning, which is... The stuff is dis- is disposable. Yeah. Like, you yourself who drew it are like, oh, yeah, I did draw with giant hair. That was so long ago oh. that now at this point I'm drawing her a different yeah. way. I mean, if
1: I were to do Spider-Man again, I think people would just be, what? <laughs> you know? I don't th- I think they, would, they wouldn't They go, hey, that's, that's recognizably the same guy doing the same stuff that he was doing then. It would be, oh, you've. Things have changed. Things have changed. I think the black area of his mask would be a lot bigger and there'd be a lot less white. You know, they'd probably still be pretty decent sized eyes, but not like crazy. Like at one point, they were taking up the majority of his head. There's like barely any room for anything else.
0: Yeah, I had had a period of Spider Man where his eyes were massive, where I was drawing him just enormous. Like enormous eyes. <laughs> It was just,
1: it was really, it kind of started the most out of control it was. And then as time went on, it gradually got kind of figured do, it out.
0: I don't even know. Did you ever do a thing where Todd and, and like Umberto Ramos do it, where they, they change the shape of the eye? Oh, I did that expression? all the time. Did you?
1: Yeah, I did that all the time. In fact, they had told Todd not to do it. And then I came on and they didn't tell me that I wasn't supposed to do it. So I was doing it and Todd was like, Hey, what the? <laughs> and so he took that as I guess it's okay now, and so he started doing it. But
0: I, I certainly that in that era when I saw yeah. it done, I was like, oh, I can start doing that. And yeah, I, no. I I've gotten away from doing that. Yeah, I, I, but I haven't had to draw a Spider-Man story in. I haven't had a long time.
1: I haven't drawn him in what twelve years now.
0: I draw him for these magazines, so it doesn't count. But an actual story, yeah. the only one I did was the anti-drug thing in the. Late 90s. I don't know if you ever saw that. (laughs) Don't do drugs. It was everywhere. Uh, Perfectly reasonable message. Yeah, yeah. You don't want
1: to be doing that. That's that's not good.
0: It was a fun job. Got to peek my anchor. Paul Mount's colors. That was
1: in every comic, wasn't it? It was
0: everywhere. (laughs) It would just be reading along. It's God damn it. It I would rip
1: those things out of the comics. So die. I (laughs) I wouldn't. Because it's like this doesn't need to
0: be part of every comic. Let it
1: be part of a couple and then
0: we went down, I personally went down to our manufacturing department because I was there at the time. Avengers 1 and a half was coming out. And I asked specifically, I'm like, please do not put this thing in Avengers 1 and a half. Avengers 1 and a half is supposed to look like a comic from the 60s. We cannot have this comic that I drew. I'm asking you personally to not put it in this comic. And I, I was assured it wouldn't be there and it was there. And I tore it out. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, this should not be in here. It's so, ruining it. Wow. But... I tried. Ruin the
1: whole gag. I tried. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. You should have also taken out the reference to Teflon in there. Because there, there was no, no oh, There no Teflon. There was, Teflon did not exist in I'm gonna 1963. Blame
0: that. I'm going to blame that on Roger Stern and Tom Brevoort. I would
1: blame it on Roger Stern and Tom Brevoort.
0: Because I spent most of my time just talking to Bruce, Tim, on the phone. <laughs> yeah. As well you should. <laughs> yeah. I <was laughs> like, I get to just talk to him? Okay. I'm going to do
1: that. <laughs> He's he's like the greatest guy in the world.
0: I'm gonna then write this goofball ad in the last page because uh, we need to fill a page, and Tom let me do it. Nice. He had an extra page, and I took an old ad and took all the everything that wasn't a headline. I took out of it and then rewrote all the copy nice. to make it jackassy. It was fun.
1: That is fun. One of my that, minor that contributions. Part of the fun of doing like the next issue project stuff was just. All of the like inside front cover ads is where I would smuggle in the actual information that's supposed to be there. <laughs> right. And so I would I would just take those ads and remove all the copy and do that. And then, and I did the same thing in Herculean. There's which...
0: something. I was talking to somebody recently because I was talking about when I worked at Marvel and how I, you know, in a letters page I got to write enough said. Like I got yeah. to write that as a thing, and you get to write, you know, make mine Marvel whatever it was. There's like a weird. Maybe you could speak that when you when you like tap. It's like touching a little bit of it, just enough to feel like you're part of the machine. Yeah. Before you realize that the machine is a little broken. <laughs> There's something you're tapping into. Like what is that thing? It's obviously an emotional imprinting that this stuff has on us.
1: Yeah. I mean, just being far uh, just being here. Yeah. You know, I was I've I've been in the West, where I, I never really quite felt like I was part of that. Right. You know, you just cuz you're you're far enough removed
0: they, I don't really didn't really ever feel like I was... But even when you were drawing <clears throat> Spider-Man or the one time you got to draw the Hulk or the other one time you got to write the Hulk? <laughs> <sighs> like,
1: <sighs>
0: for, for no, people, I mean, when you're doing so, that, when you're doing one issue, that doesn't... But so that was me joking around, making an insight. For, for people listening, the one book you always want to do is the Hulk, and you got to draw one issue, and that was it. And then when I was the assistant... You wrote an issue, yeah, and that was it. Yeah, even though everybody knew that was the one thing you wanted to do is write the Hulk. And why? Why in the world? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. I, at the I time, I get it. I can tell you what I remember of at the time was John Byrne had been writing the Hulk. Yeah, and then he was no longer going to be writing the Hulk. Tom called you to because Wolverine in. was in the issue, and I right. was writing
1: Wolverine at the time.
0: See, I don't even remember that, but I remember you, you wrote it. Ron Garney drew it. Sal Sema inked it. It looked awesome. The yeah. whole thing was cool. And then I think we were getting pitches from guys. And I think at the time, I think Tom was talking to Paul Jenkins because I think he ended up writing it.
1: Uh, Jerry Ordway wrote the next couple issues.
0: Yeah, I think you're I'm right. Tom and Jerry had a, a good. Tom and Jerry. I mean, you never even processed that. <laughs> but they didn't. I mean... when, when they weren't trying to kill each other. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why, Eric. I don't know. And, you hadn't, even, and you hadn't even pissed off everybody yet at that no, point. No, I know. It's, I had to build to that. Because then <laughs> you did work with Tom and Kurt on the Defenders thing, right? Wasn't Tom yeah. editing that? Did I piss people off after that? I don't know. Did you? Are, are people oh, mad no, at me now? I don't, I, don't even, I don't even know. And you drew those issues of Thor? I did. That's, that is the technically the first time you and I ever interacted there we are. even though I think I remember it more vividly because it was my last week at Marvel well, and I had to disappoint you <laughs> that you didn't get to do the cover <laughs> it was is, It was alright this is like the most inside conversation yeah. that nobody's going to be able to follow
1: well, Mike Mignola did the cover yeah I know bringing it back to Mike Mignola who was mentioned earlier it's true it's all connected so you were like we're, we're I, I already assigned that already I worked 2 years to get Mike Manuel to do something. Yeah, and you weren't going to say, <laughs> "Hey, now that we've I've worked 2 years to get this guy to do a cover, can <laughs> we not use that cover that because cover Eric was... wants to use do all the covers?" <laughs> that
0: cover was already in process and it's the only way anytime I see Mike Manuel I have to remind him who I am by referencing yeah. that cover. Because <laughs> there's no way that... he's going to know who I am. <laughs> I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. But I feel like for at least because I've known you now for like five years, four or five uh-huh. years, for at least the two years, first two years, you didn't know what my name was, right?
1: I barely know what it yeah. is now. Because really.
0: <laughs> I, I always, I always think of like, because I'm meeting all these people through Chris. yeah I'm like. Everybody is, must see me as like just the guy that hangs out with Chris. This Chris is Ram. They don't know I draw. They don't know I have anything to do with it. I'm just hanging out. and I pick the restaurants. Like that's <laughs> that's what that guy does. It's the restaurant guy. <laughs> is that he accurate? knows all the good places to eat in town? that is that's uh, pretty pretty close. Yeah, I figured. I'm figuring uh. out my place. Uh, I think we've gone sufficiently off the rails. All right.
1: Well, let's see how this goes.
0: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> That That was. was, I'm
1: just. I'm just blaming you. You know, whatever. Yeah, just. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm finger pointing here. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate it. Quite welcome.
0: There it was Me and Eric Larson Talking for a long time About a lot of stuff A lot of stuff said In that episode And I hope I hope As I said at the beginning And I'm going to repeat myself I hope you enjoyed it I hope you are Found yourself As entertained And fond of Eric Larson As I do Because that would be uh, That would be groovy Groovy That would be terrific Great Awesome Other Adjectives you know, this is this is the last show of what will be the second year of Stuff Said. Next month, it will begin year three. Celebrate the second anniversary. It's all very exciting in a lot of ways. <laughs> uh, but thank you all for for listening. However, you found the show, let me know what you think of it. Well, I have a thing that says all of everything I'm about to say next. So that's about all the stuff I have left to say see you next time all stuff said episodes applicable links to the guests and bonus materials can be found at stuff said show.com where you can also comment on episodes you can email the show at stuff said at gmail.com and you can follow stuff said on twitter at stuff said show episodes are available on itunes where i encourage you to subscribe rate the show and leave reviews to help others discover it stuff said is part of the acme wave projector network at acme wave projector.com the theme song for stuff said was composed and performed by craig chin you can find him at RudeAnagrams.com. For more about me, Greg Schiegel, visit Hatter Entertainment. That's H A T T E R Entertainment, all one word, dot com. <laughs>